This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music focus show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Now, who are you, sir? All right, I am Professor P. Soup, international rock and radio legend, and like Christina here, I wanted to do radio for the longest time. Most of my life, in fact. And I never really figured I'd be a big shot with listeners all the way from Allentown to Vienna. Sometimes a fantasy can become a reality. But in all honesty, if you suspect I go to extremes, you may be right. Sometimes I'm all in, and sometimes I just feel like moving out. That might make me seem really fickle, but I'm still an innocent man. You see, I hail from the Empire State, and I just can't shake that New York state of mind. But between me and Puddin' here, it's a matter of trust. When I feel that way, I always tell her about it, and she's got a way to apply just the right kind of pressure. There's nothing to it, she assures me. Sit in front of the mic and be just the way you are. And so it goes. A lot of great music is out there, electronic, acoustic, but it's still rock and roll to me. Here at Birds of a Feather, we didn't start the fire, but hopefully we're keeping the faith. And it's over to you, Uptown Girl. (laughs) Wow, well, who am I? I am the vocalist for the dark rock band Ascent. Everlasting love, I'm losing you. All the promises we break, burned by the fire of love, and love is not an easy thing. Your love is teaching me how to kneel. I'm getting ready to leave the ground, and so we end before we begin. Far away, so close, give me one more chance. I know I'm not a hopeless case. Who's going to take the place of me? You know I love the element of surprise. I'm ready. Wow. That not only was that really well done, but I didn't recognize a single title, so I still don't know who contributed that. Because I changed it up. Those aren't titles, those are lyrics from you two. Oh. Different every line is a different lyric from Snatches a different song. Snatches of lyrics song. and I didn't recognize any of them either. Whoa, deep deep lyrics uh because usually it's, I'll remember the lyrics it's to It's everlasting song. love. It's wow. it's with or without you. Oh, it's, with or without you. I should have spotted that yeah, one. Yeah, there's some nice. but there, you know, I had to kind of grab them. Uh, Mysterious ways is in here. There's tons. So wow. I want a different way. Instead of doing that, I thought, well, I'll try something a little bit different and uh hopefully it worked for us. But wow. uh those are Every single line is from a different song. Well played. Oh, and well, thank you. You know, okay, so we're <laughs> we're about to commence here, and this is sort of an anniversary show, too. It is. Our anniversary just passed. It did. We're recording this slightly before. Yes. But, you know, what worries me about this particular show tonight, Kitten, I'm afraid we might have too much fun. You know, oh, I shit. Mean, it's a real concern, but uh, we, ignore, we, do? we ignore the possibility at our peril, okay? And I just hope we can detect the warning signs, but I do predict we're going to have a fun show tonight. And don't you do the opening feature here? Or do I invite I do. you to share Ascent News? Yes, please invite me. You are invited to share <laughs> Ascent News at this time. <laughs> well, thank you. So I just laid down vocals for the song In Place of Breathing, which is about trying to save someone from themselves. And if you had been tuned in to, uh, to the live streams, you'd have heard it at one point or another. That is correct. And if you'd gone to, to our, a gig, yeah. our last couple gigs, which yeah. were, God, I can't believe it. I saw you do ago. it once anyway. Yes, yeah. you did. And that was when it was pretty new. Yeah. Um, so it's about telling them that you see them that they're valuable, that they're important. It's about me trying to give that person some sort of hope and keep them from taking their life. 
So that's what In Place of Breathing is about is um, they do all these other things like crying and, you know, bleeding in place of breathing. So it's a it's a sad song, but again, it's masked in this super hypnotic, <laughs> crazy upbeat sound. Uh, so that's something that we're hoping to get finished soon. I actually listened to the track on the way here, the rough mix, and I'm pretty excited. I might want to resing a couple of parts, but uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty pretty epic. And uh, we are also looking forward to. I'm proud to say uh, our interview that is going to be coming up soon. We're gonna we're trying to schedule right now for Octane's Groove Box. We're going to be doing an interview with them. Oh, this is news to me. Very yes. interesting. I thought I was an insider here. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a welcome element of surprise on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've been in talks about it since December, but it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully, it will happen sometime in the near future. But of course, just like we were with Butterflies and Hurricanes when you interviewed us, we're very honored to be asked. Uh, to be part of that show, that that was <laughs> that was a dishonor, actually. <laughs> but it was okay. I mean, you, you could do better. I mean, you'll be better off having somebody else. It was you. wonderful. But, um, it was wonderful. Well, so that was I got, uh, and I have no news as usual. Oh. So, um, uh, what about? Uh, well, that's not actually true. You're working on your anthology. Well, yeah, I am working on. I've uh, finalized and slightly reshuffled the. Uh, uh, Playlist, the song order uh, of both of my uh, albums that I was going to release, the anthology, oh, Professor B. Soup, Oh Hell No, the anthology, and Tell Me a Story. And I just have to do some fiddling to try to make them sound less crap than they already do and uh, just uh, put them out there for somebody to uh, get if they want. So, yeah, but that's uh, that's nothing. We'll let you know when that actually comes to pass. But, but I, I'm getting somewhere. But you're working on it. But yeah, I am just getting like, somewhere on it. Well, our recording isn't done, but we're working on it. So yeah. I wanted to share... And actually, the fact that you said, oh, hell no, that's actually where Hell Yes or Oh, Hell No came from, is that title. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's where it came from. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, well, you know, again, I got to keep some shit from you. Yeah. You know, it's an element of surprise. I like like it that way. Yeah, so, but that's where it came from. I saw that and I was like, hell yes or oh, hell no. And I, I, I came up with my title around the same time that Sci-Fi Network had their, like, Sharknado 4, Oh, Hell No, yes. or something like that. And I thought, damn, they're using it, but, you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> hey, all right. It's still yours. It's still mine, yeah. But, uh, hey, I'm on the cover with Godzilla. That's pretty badass. That is too. fucking badass. Yeah. I'm just saying. Anthony Albany's artwork on the front and back. Uh, that's right. And the music, The Spaceman Sam, which I've decided to include on there because you it's have to. one of the best things I've ever done because I love it. it's somebody else's music. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Stop it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> speaking of now, uh, that's my name, Professor B. Soup, and we have Christina Bolden of the band Ascent, A-S-N-T, but band names are an interesting subject, aren't they, Christina? Indeed. And actually, Bird Banter Part 2, because that was Part 1 where we talk a little bit about us and what we're working on, Bird Banter Part 2 is the best band names of all time per Spin Magazine. So, they have a very interesting way of rating what they believe to be the top band names. Now, I will tell you, I chose some of the band names, the top six, actually. I did not go through. There's 100, so we don't have that kind of time. But let me share their point value system so that you have a good understanding. And Dave and I will also be using this point value system um, to kind of give you an idea. So, first of all, there are not only points, but there's also letters which stand for things so let me let me get that out of the way so p stands for it embodies the spirit of the band va stands for graphic or typographic appeal wp stands for clever wordplay i stands for image creates an image in your mind mm. t is transgressive 
And JNSQ stands for it just has that something or je ne sais quoi. Je ne right? sais quoi. And so all of those, now all of those could be assigned to any band name, yeah. right? If it meets all of them, or they could have none or some or one. So yeah, there combo. are like really lame names that have great art, you know, great logos, for example. You exactly. Know. And of course, this is all subjective, right? Mm. It's what you like or what you don't like. So Subjective is what we do here. I love it, yeah. right? So what we're going to do is I'm going to share these six that uh, Spin Magazine has named their top six, and then we're going to share some of our favorites, and we're also going to give you our, you know, assignments as far as whether P, V, A, and I'll remind you what those mean again, because I'm sure you didn't write it down, although you should if you're really a good fan. I, I think. I'm just saying. So, uh, anyway, so let's start at the lowest point value. So, Slayer, they hmm. say, is one of the best band names. Why? Because they say it creates an image. It embodies the spirit of the band, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with them. They're no, absolutely no, right. No. It just has that something. I mean, Slayer stays with you. And then finally, they say that it also has graphic and typographic appeal. It certainly does. If you see it, Slayer written out, the Y is always kind of badass. You got the S that's always kind of badass. You know, you got the, the metal S looking and that kind of thing. And unlike many, many metal bands, especially the death metal bands, it's legible. It is. You know, I mean, it seems to be the thing. If you're a death metal band, you have to have a logo that cannot be read. <laughs> Only by s- veteran fans will be able to distinguish it. That's they will not be able to distinguish one song from the other, but they will be able to distinguish <laughs> your logo from the other incoherent, uh, illegible logos. So true. And that gets a 7.5, which is a very high score. Wow. So they're saying it meets a lot of different criteria. So the next one, any guesses what could be in their top? Oh, there's so many. There's no. just no way. Yeah. ACDC. Yeah, that was, that was, I was certainly mentioning them, yeah. Well, ACDC, they say, has typographic, it's VA, graphic and typographic appeal. It has clever wordplay, WP, which totally. Mm. Uh, P, it embodies the spirit of the band. I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's Well, okay. I mean, it sounds like electric, and it that's does. the band. I mean, so yeah. yeah. Mm. I'll give it to them. Yeah. I mean, it's their, it's their list, after all. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just has that something for a total of, again, 7.5. Yeah, is the ACDC does. I mean, it sounds like High Voltage, which it's was one of their albums. It's a great name. It looks great. The logo it looks does. great. And uh, they've been using that for a very long time. And uh, it, it's funny because according to something I read once with Angus Young, the it, ACDC doesn't mean electricity. It's actually, that's a chord progression to like 99% of their songs. A, yeah, C, yeah, D, yeah, <laughs> C, yeah, there's the song. So that's apparently what it's about. But that's the but thing. But it definitely works. Though. Absolutely. It works. It's... it's on every it's level. It's a badass name. It is. it is. I mean... Like I said, sometimes the names are better than the bands, even though I do like it. I've been very unfair to them. I do yeah, like I them disagree. a lot more I than I've let on. totally fair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but by, as far as names and logos, they've got it. In fact, I think that's why everybody likes them. <laughs> no, kidding, kidding. Well, but they also have... What I really like about their name is that it kind of... It alludes to something kind of weird and, and crazy and unexpected and maybe spontaneous. And I feel like Angus is that. So I feel like it really does kind of, you know, I, I I mean, I don't know if it embodies them exactly, but again, I'm not a huge ACDC fan, so I don't claim to know whether or not it embodies them, but I do think it kind of gives you an idea of what you, to expect. So I really do like it and it's cool as shit. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and admit something. 
there was a cool garment I saw the other day, a jacket, and it was red, and it was like red and black, which are two of my favorite colors together. Very fucking rock and roll, and it said ACDC all over it in tiny little letters. I was this close to buying it. Hell yeah. Even though I don't love the band, it was so fucking badass because of the logo, because yeah. of how cool it is. Yeah. So I didn't buy it because I thought, well, shit, I can't wear something of a band that I'm not like a huge advocate for. And, all, and you'll be a magnet for real diehards. I know, you know? Right? Fuck <laughs> ACDC, like, minute, what's your favorite? Well, well you know. I'll like, be like, oh, What's oh, your favorite song? Right. It's like, you mean they have more than one? Right. I, this <laughs> kidding, is like, this is like newsprint to me. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. so, but it, I, I will tell you, it's a badass. The next one, Brian Jonestown Massacre. So it's the name of a band, right? So they say it has clever wordplay, which it does. Uh, they say that it also is transgressive. I agree. Big time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it creates an image, absolutely. Uh-huh. And that it just has that something, yes, and it also embodies the spirit of the band. Now, I went and listened to them. Yes. That must be one hell of a spirit. That must be the kind of spirit you cast out in the name of Jesus or something because it, uh, Brian Jones, the clever word, for those of you younger people who don't get the, the wordplay there, Brian Jones, of course, was the first uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, he was a co-founding member of the Rolling Stones who died. Right. And uh, Jonestown Massacre, Reverend yep. Jim Jones, and all the people who drank the Kool-Aid and Guyana and all that stuff. Right. So uh, it's a very transgressive name, totally. It is. Uh, totally. And, uh, and I haven't heard the band, but if they sound like that, well, then, wow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that got eight points. I mean, that's pretty high Damn. score. Yeah. Um, then the next band is the Dead Kennedys. Mm. They say it's transgressive, that it, it embodies the spirit of the band, that it is it's something that creates an image, absolutely, <laughs> that it is clever wordplay, which of course it is, and that it just has that something, and it does. For eight points, and I agree, Dead Kennedys was one, is actually one on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a band I love? It's okay. It's an okay band, but that name, yeah. it looks cool on, like, you think of all the patches from when I was younger. I mean, the cool patches on everyone's jackets. It looked badass. It's like Misfits, man. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's exactly like yeah. that. And it's just kind of badass, and you just go, fuck, that's a, that's a punk band that is kicking ass. So I totally get it. And this one is not on my list, but it was very close. Joy Division. Oh. I fucking love that name. They say it embodies the spirit of the band, of course. In a very uh, in a very uh, perverse way. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is clever wordplay. It creates an image. It is transgressive. And it just has that something. And it absolutely does for eight points. So, absolutely. Joy Division is one of my favorite names for a band. I really like it. I didn't include it in my name because there were so many that I wanted to mention. And I know we only have, you know, a certain amount of time. The highest scoring, the number one name, Motorhead. Mm. Because they say it embodies the spirit of the band. It, it creates an image. It is uh, typographically and graphically appealing, which, of course, it is. Umlauts, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is transgressive, and it just has that something for 8.5 points, which is the highest score and their number one best band name of all time. I don't think it's terribly transgressive, but it's a great name, and it's fast and loud. I mean, it describes Motorhead perfectly. perfectly. You, you expect a band called Motorhead to sound like Motorhead. Absolutely. Exactly right. The rest of it is dead on. Absolutely. It absolutely is. So 
I'm going to now turn it over to you to give us some of your favorites. I certainly have a list of favorites. Some may surprise you. Some may not. Some may be interesting. I'm assuming that when you name yours, I'm going to go, oh, I should have thought of that one. Well, mostly I was thinking of, now they don't all have a graphic appeal or logos right, or anything like fine. that. But I mean, they some of them just have a certain je ne sais quoi. For some reason... Uh, I I just love the name Yes. I don't know why. It's very simple, but it's so affirmative. There's something powerful. Maybe it's because I wasn't around in 69 when the first couple records came out. Before they had the logo, I've always known them with that. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it just looks so... So uh, fantastical, you know, so otherworldly and so artsy and so uh, celestial. And the band's music is just out of this world, and it just works for me. It has a great logo. Of course, they've got you know, Roger Dean doing those album covers and everything. And uh, the, it, the name just kicks. I wouldn't say it was clever wordplay, certainly, but, uh, I mean, it, uh, it just has a great graphic appeal. And does it embody the spirit of the band? Somehow it does, even though the word is, is a very plain word, yes, and their lyrics make no sense, but somehow it fits them, and I don't know how that is exactly. But it embodies the spirit of the band, yeah, somehow, in some strange way. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does. Graphic or type of graphic appeal? Oh, absolutely. Well, VA, big time. Yeah. Uh, clever wordplay? No, not really. Sorry. Mm. Creating an image? Mm, not mm. much of one, no. Transgressive? Uh, no. no, it's about as vanilla as it, it comes. <laughs> that is. is as vanilla a name as you're going to get. True. Je ne sais quoi? Yeah, I would say it has that for me. It definitely Works does. For me. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I I totally get it. So that you totally you give it four and a half. Wow, you give it six point five. Yeah, but I mean that's yeah, pretty high. It is pretty high. That's pretty great. But, uh, you can't come up with everything. They can't have everything. Can't yeah. have everything. Uh, another one. I would I would say for some reason I just love uh, not to go with one name bands all the time, but I just love Queen. Oh, it yeah. has a certain. I mean, even though there are four men, it would not have been the same. It would have been lame if they were called King. Agreed. But and it Queen, would be kind of lame to call. Four women or three women queen. I just yeah. For some reason, it just uh, because they embody all of that, and uh, well, of course, they use a logo sometimes. Though, so the uh, does it embody the spirit of the band? Yes, it's regal, it's uh, exalted, it's uh, it's majestic, it's it's a highness. Yes, (laughs) which I can't get. I can't get past. I don't know how that ended up in the movie, unless Freddie Mercury really said it. That he said, "Let's call the band Queen." He said, "I I, we want to call the band Queen," as in. Her Royal Highness. Well, the Queen isn't Her Royal Highness. It's Her Majesty. However, and that's what the name suggests for the band. And the sure. music is big and large and grand. And it also carries with it a bit of a connotation of uh, a diva. And yes. it is, it is, uh, it's very vaudeville. It's very Freddy showy. It's in your face. And it's, uh, it's, it's a music that not only reigns, but it struts while it reigns. It does. And that's, it really says it all. Uh, so creating an image, absolutely. I, Transgressive? No, not really. There's nothing, I don't think so, about it. Je ne sais quoi, of course. That's the whole thing about it. It has that. So it has the je ne sais quoi, too. Uh, the JNSQ. So Queen is another favorite of mine. And they uh, get five points from you. That's still points. pretty high. You know what? I think is a great name, even though I, I, I like the act... Marilyn Manson, mm. but it's a great name. First of all, is it T transgressive? Of course it is. I mean, yes. you, you know, you've, you're equating a mere uh, actress, an entertainer who didn't hurt anybody, correct, but herself, and uh, a murderer. Right. You know? exactly. <laughs> so um, that's kind of transgressive its own way. Does it embody the spirit of the band? Yes, glamour and insanity and that's all right. of that. It certainly does. So P, a graphic typographic appeal. It just when you see it, I don't know. I don't re- remember if there's a logo per se. But Not I don't really. think so, no, no. 
creates an image, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> clever wordplay, yeah, and not only in the lead singer, in the name of the act, but also the uh, the similar uh, pattern of yes. killers and sex symbols is throughout the band, Madonna, Wayne Gacy, um, who was the other one? Uh, Twiggy Ramirez. Yes. Twiggy Ramirez. Twiggy, the, the model who actually appears on the cover of David Bowie's pinups with him, the model from the 60s, and uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. I mean, you know, put together, yes. and that's, that's the kind of... Uh, Daisy Berkowitz, I think there was. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of uh, names they had. And uh, the music, yeah, it suits them completely. So they pretty much get all of that, actually. Je ne sais quoi, yes. It is a grabby name. I think they get everything, all of these points. Yeah, so they actually get eight from you. Yeah. That's pretty well, well, I mean, 8.5, actually, from you. So they get the highest score. Absolutely. And Marilyn Manson, They nailed the, it with the name. Yeah. They really did. I love the M-N, the M-N. There's something about it. I mean, it's, it feels Marilyn very... Marilyn Manson. Yes, yeah, I yeah. just love it. There's a sing-song equality, but it's not Three a... Three syllables, two negative. syllables. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It really is. It, it it's sings. It's a powerful it name. And now that's one of those where I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's yeah. a really good one. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah, well, I'm like, oh... And I also love the name Van Halen. They have a nice logo. Mm-hmm. Graphically, it's beautiful. And uh, the name, even though it's it's not clever wordplay, it's literally the names of two members of the there band. It is. And then ultimately three members of the band when Wolfgang came along. Right. But it's, it's a majestic... In fact, well, according to the story that I read, David Lee Roth said they wanted to call the band Rat Salad with an E at the end of salad. <laughs> Rat Salad is the name of a Black Sabbath instrumental that features... It's an instrumental featuring a drum solo by Bill Ward on the Paranoid album. And they were going to use that for their name, and Roth said, wait a minute, it's not a name you can grow with. Uh, if, if you call yourself the Electric Plots, they're going to expect you to sound like an Electric Plots. Rat Salad is not a name you can do anything with. Van Halen, however, is noble. It's dignified. It sounds like a classical composer, and there's places you can go. In fact, it lends a, real, a certain... Uh, you know, uh, respectability to even songs about wanting to have sex with your teacher and stuff like that. I mean, it's a it's a very noble name. He's got a really good point there. True. So I love the name. Graphically, it's great. Certainly not transgressive. It's their names, for heaven's sakes. Just has that something, je ne sais quoi, absolutely. Graphic appeal, yes. Spirit of the band, not really, because uh, it doesn't say anything except a name, but... Uh, it uh, doesn't really create an image either. But you get about four points from you. Yeah, Still a good, yeah. doesn't just because it doesn't meet all these doesn't make it a great name. It's a great name. Oh, it's a great name. It yeah, really yeah. is. It, it, it took no imagination, really. It just no. took a little bit of wisdom on the part of Mr. Roth. Uh, right. But uh, and I don't know why I love Blue Oyster Cult so much. Why well, I love mm. the band, but I love the name, even though it's kind of sinister and kind of goofy and this is it does uh, embody the spirit of the band because they do these dark songs but they're never afraid to be silly and wacky and, and mm-hmm. you know the, I mean the, the, they're always lifting the veil and showing we're just a bunch of clowns here and it's a name that really does uh, seem to sum up all they are certainly has graphic appeal because uh, they have a logo they have the symbol in fact that's the name of the new album the symbol remains the old symbol and I mean they've really got it going on in that department does it create an image yeah but what kind of image I don't know. Uh, I think the cover of the Fire of Unknown Origin album really sums it up. There's a bunch of hooded figures holding blue oysters, and it's just there like, go. why does this frighten me? I don't know, but it does, you know. And they sing about it. There's actually a song called Blue Oyster Cult. They sing about it a number of times. It's very strange. Just has that something. I love it. Well, I love the band too. Uh, there are bands out there that have names that are totally lame. 
And uh, we would never, if we were trying to figure out a band name, pick one of these. But now that they're associated with a group we like, it's fine. Like, Absolutely. Imagine if we were in a group like, hey, Christina, let's call ourselves the Cars. You'd be like, that's the no. lamest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. The you answer know? is no. No, no. The <laughs> or Cars are the band. The band. Oh, that's, that's a great one. You know? or how oh about we call ourselves, uh, I mean, there's so many there's crap so all many. the names out there. Oh my there gosh, there's so many. That mean nothing. And then there are really catchy names that they're not clever wordplay they're actually like idioms oh yeah like dire straits i like that that's cool dire straits does it suggest uh the embody the spirit of the band well that would mean we're in deep shit all the time we're in dire straits you know <laughs> not really but they can get pretty dark too it's clever wordplay i think it's a very catchy name uh i don't know if they have a graph a logo i don't think they do certainly not transgressive ex- exactly but it really does just have that something so three points yeah i mean it's a great name and doesn't get a lot of points but that doesn't stop it from being a great name nope doesn't and uh, it's obviously low-hanging fruit, but Black Sabbath, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> it uh, does embody the spirit of the band. Yeah, clearly it does. Does it have a graphic or typographic appeal? It's been written so many different ways throughout their career, but they've resurrected as their sort of official logo the types at the very particular type, font type, on the Master of Reality album with that awesome purple lettering, and that seems to have become their default logo. And it's very, very sharp-looking. Uh, clever wordplay, well, conjures up an image. It creates an image, but it isn't that clever. They flat out took the name from a 1964 Mario Bava movie starring Boris Karloff. But uh, that's in my collection, by the way. <laughs> Transgressive, well, I suppose it could be considered. You know, ooh, wow, which is you know, Black Sabbath. It has a kind of a, a demonic appeal to it, so I suppose it is a little transgressive. Has that something? And, of course, I'm biased because I love this band. But, uh, yeah, that one kind of works, too. You um, just gave it the highest score possible. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, it, I guess it earns it. I think Sex Pistols is kind of funny because they're like the least sexy individuals that ever lived. I mean, there's nothing sexy about this band or anybody in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So it's kind of fun. Um, uh, I think Led Zeppelin has a lot going for it uh, for uh, a number of reasons. Yeah, there are a lot of great names out there I could spend all day talking about. But what do you got, uh, Cupcake? <laughs> yeah, well... Um it's interesting. I'm going to start with my kind of my. I'm going to I'm going to go through a, f- a few of them that are lower in score, and I'm not going to break them down. But Muse is one of my favorite. I just like how the simplicity of Muse, um, and for me, it just has that genesis quad. There's it doesn't meet any of the other. Yeah, I mean, considering uh, that's you know the mythological creature who inspires you and everything, and yes. it's to say that hey, we are inspiration itself. It has I that just, certain swagger to it, and I it do like does. that. Yeah. I love that name. I just but it scored very low, but I still love it. Uh, Public Enemy. There was something about that that's so strong. It's just like it gives you this image right away, and it, you know what the music's going to sound like. You know it's going to be about a personal experience. You know it's going to be probably in your face, probably going to be controversial. So I like that name. I think it's powerful. Yeah, Public Enemy. There's another one where they just straight took the name of a movie, and yet it works. The Public Enemy was like, I think, 1931, James Cagney. Great flick. Nothing at all like this, but in a way, it kind of is. It has that outlaw vibe to it. So Public Enemy, and of course, you know that's you know, the post office, Public Enemy number one, the FBI list, and all that stuff. It has that certainly transgressive quality big time Uh, absolutely i absolutely love it and it just before i ever heard the band i was like oh my god i have to hear this band so i think that's a really good band name when you don't know the genre you don't know i'm like well i need to figure out who that is Mm -hmm. so i love that led zeppelin is certainly something that that evokes a visual you know it's it's definitely uh, you know it definitely to me i don't know that it embodies the band i don't i don't think so there are people who say so they say it's like a sort of a variant or in the same vein as iron butterfly suggesting light and heavy but i don't think of 
Uh, lead, of course, is a, a bastardized spelling of lead, as in lead. But um, I don't think Zeppelin. I don't think of Zeppelin as light. Zeppelin is a big thing and it floats in the air. But I don't think of it as light. So Led Zeppelin has a really overpowering quality. I think I don't think it suggests the lightness of the band at times and how delicate their music can be, like Iron Butterfly. But both of them sound heavy, frankly. And I, I think that's for when they're heavy. The name suits them great. It is a super name. I just can't put my finger on why it's so great. I think it's I just think that it creates an, an image and I like the image and I I mean my favorite cover of theirs is the actual Led Zeppelin the actual Zeppelin going down the Hindenburg and I like yeah. that it is yeah. yeah it's well it's a Zeppelin yeah but it was so, the actual crash of the Hindenburg that's on the first album cover right yeah. so I so I like that it is LED lead. I, I think there's something really cool about that. For me, it's kind of like their music is leading you. I don't know. I can go into a whole thing about it, but that's one of my lowest. And they just didn't want ones. it to be confused with lead. You know, <laughs> if yeah. it was spelled L E A D, was one of the reasons I heard. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's definitely one of my lower scoring ones, but I really like it. It just has that something that I like. But now we're getting into kind of the ones I really like, which is Soundgarden. Mm, a lot excellent. of people have. You know, give that name a lot of crap, but for me, it really, really, it really does um, embody the band. It gives me a visual. A sound garden makes perfect sense for me. Yeah, I wish that you know I came up with that cool ass name, or that I had named an album that, or that I'd come up with a song like that. But I really love it. A place uh, where for, music grows. I mean, how perfect is that? Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I think it has typographic appeal. I think it has, you know. Um, I definitely think it has that genesis qua, and I think it creates an image. So it's very powerful for me, and of course I like the music, but aside from the music, I just put everything aside and just thought of the name itself, and then went through my list. But Soundgarden is right up there. Dead Kennedys is one of mine, too. I know that was on the actual list, but that was one of mine because it evokes such a strong imagery. And because the band is so incredibly punk, for some reason it just works. It's just really, really good. A very clever name, as is Social Distortion. I absolutely love that name. That is a pretty good one, yeah. I think it's great. Evokes an image, of course. Clever wordplay. Perfectly embodies the spirit of the band. So now we're I like looking their, at... Uh, I like their uh, graphic, the, the skeleton guy with the hat. Yes. Yeah, so now we're... Yes, exactly. So now we're looking at five points. So now I'm going up. And of course, I have Queen on my list, too, because I just think that it embodies the band. Absolutely. Not just Freddie Mercury. The entire band. Mm-hmm. There's a... If you think of Brian May, you know, and you think of, of not only his education, but his playing, his style... There's such grace in this band. There's, there's such Yes, the attire for sure. And, you know, of course, Freddie Mercury being the front man, you know, is just is obviously he, he embodies everything. And I don't mean Queenie in a in a gay way. I mean Queenie in like there's a regal way. He the way about him, the way he sang, the way he commanded the stage, the way he you know he moved everything about what Freddie Mercury was makes sense because he was very regal to me. Um, I definitely embodies the spirit of the band. Definitely think it's typographically appealing, and I definitely think that it, it creates an image. So for me, again, while it only scores five point five, it's still a very very strong. Uh, title for me, then go to Audio Slave. I absolutely love this name of this band. Audio Slave is perfect because I do feel like an audio slave. It's something that I feel like every person who makes music probably you know can identify with. I think that it's graphically and typographically appealing. I love the way that it looks. Um, I love the word slave because we're a slave to our art. There's something really powerful yeah, about people, that. People who do radio are really slaves. <laughs> <laughs> it creates an image. Uh, it's clever wordplay to me, and it's got that just something. So I absolutely love Audio Slave. Uh, the Eurythmics is my second. Oh, damn it. I, I had them down too. Yes. I yeah. love the Eurythmics. It 
definitely embodies the spirit of their band is their electronic amazing music that was really groundbreaking at the time um i definitely think it's typographically appealing that just the whole spelling of it the way it looks seeing it in print yeah it is it creates an image right away as soon as you think of it you think of your rhythmic i know what that is and holy crap and then it just has that something it just works it worked for their style it worked for the entire thing it just it hit on all cylinders and so that scored a 7.5 for me Wow. But my number one that scored 8.5, because I think it bodies the spirit of the band. It's graphically and typographically appealing. Clever wordplay. It, it creates an image, and it just has that something special. Is Parliament Funkadelic. Wow. I just think that is the coolest fucking name. It just evokes all kinds of images. It's perfect for this band. It is just, to me, the ideal name. When I thought of all the names, I thought that is... The name. Then you can just go with Parliament, or you can just go with Funkadelic. I mean, it is just badass mm. in every way. And um, again, even if I didn't like their music, this is a fucking rock solid name. It is. So yeah. they chose Motorhead for theirs. I choose Parliament Funkadelic for mine. Actually, there's one I forgot to mention that is really it fires on all those levels. I think, except for being transgressive is Aerosmith. Okay, that is a heavy one. Firstly, it, it somehow embodies the spirit of the band because it sounds like it's going to soar, and I don't know why, yet it's uh, it's utilitarian and functional, too. Uh, I've always believed it to be a play on the uh, novel and the film, which I neither read nor saw, called Aerosmith, but the band says, no, it's not that. But anyway, it's it's, it's clever. It is clever. If you think of it that way, Aero, like Aeroplane Smith, is a great name. Graphically, it's wonderful. Once they hit upon the third album and they got the logo go that was really killer and they're still using it today uh, it's, it's a very visually pleasing uh, image to see it is um great yeah oh, and the a at the beginning and the h at the end i just love how that it's just it looks perfect. like smoke i mean it's, it's so just badass. perfect you know it just has that something so that is a very i mean back in the 70s they were all but invincible i mean the stuff they were putting out was worthy of an excellent name like that and you can never take that away from them so it's a great name for honestly a great band so that was actually going to be near that and eurythmics was going to be up there too that i forgot to mention so Awesome. Well, that was a really interesting and thought-provoking topic. Because band names are very important. I mean, I want to wrap this segment up because I don't want to just, you know, keep talking in circles. But I will say the reason we chose Ascent all those years ago is because it was about, you know, rising. It's about keep moving forward. And also it was supposed to be, the bird was supposed to be half mechanical, half organic because Bruce is, you know, the mechanics and I'm the organic. So again, it's all about what you want to evoke with that. And then that's where the crow came in and that's where, you know, the darkness because there's a darkness to it. So it's important what Mm -hmm. you call your band. So that's why I think this was a great topic and I think it's so interesting and we're so passionate about it because it is the thing. Sometimes you hear that before you hear the music. Oh, most of the time, yeah. You know? You go, oh, I wonder what that sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Same with logos, which we will do sometime too. We're going to do logos, but... That was really fun, David. Well, guess what? Now it's all you. What? 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 What is this madness? (laughs) I was sandbagged here. (laughs) Again. All right. Time for a theme recap. Theme recap for this show that would be here, Cormorants, the Sun. That's the second time the mighty Cormorant has found its way into our themes. How about that? How many birds can claim that? How many? When was the last time you saw that? When was the last time you saw that? Uh, And for this show, we're talking about songs that uh, about the sun and or the thaw of a cold winter or all alternatively because we love to stretch here it could be about a release of tension a resolution a solution or a discovery 
that leads to a break in sadness, sorrow, or disillusionment, basically any up stuff, uh, based on, from what I recall, which is not uh, terribly reliable, a listener's suggestion Correct. that we do something uplifting. And uh, this, uh, as we will see, we have uh, found a few things here for you. Um, and, of course, it's a, a since the new trend is uh, not only to have a cheesy bird pun for a theme, <laughs> but also based on a well-known song. Yes. Like we just had uh, Call Me, of yes. course. This is Here Come Where It's the Sun, based on Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, of course, written by George Harrison, uh, released in 1969 on the Abbey Road album. Written and sung by George Harrison. Absolutely uh, marvelous song. Amazing. Uh, and uh, in 2019, it was the Beatles' most played song on Spotify with over 350 million plays in 2019. And I wonder if that trend is because people did need a little up. You know, they needed a little levity. You know, they needed a moment. I, you know, and it's too bad George is not here to see the uh, that uh, honor. However, think about it. In his lifetime, when he was still a relatively young man, Elvis chose one of his songs to oh. be played at the first Come satellite on. broadcast, Aloha from Hawaii. Come on, which would Come be something. On. One of the most covered songs of all time. So, and legend time, legend time. And legend. He deserves better than to have us make a cheap joke at the expense of his name, but that's what we do on this show. So, that's what the theme's going to be about. And uh, uh, something, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't, I won't protest too loudly if I have to do the results of Hell Yes or Oh Hell No. Uh, <laughs> I guess I, I suppose I will stretch my patience this far. Uh, this feature, we consider bands and determine, bands or acts, uh, determine if we're in or out. And we also ask you to weigh in and give us your opinions. We want to know what you think. And this time, the iconic band under uh, inquiry was the Rolling Stones. Now, as soon as I heard this, I thought, okay, how many mutated Hills Have Eyes motherfuckers out there are not going to like the Rolling Stones? I mean, it's got to be pretty, <laughs> you got to be a real, uh, something has to be, you have to have been exposed to something really toxic. Oh, uh, <laughs> and apparently, the results bear me out here. Hell yes was 98%. And uh, yes, but. Okay. It's okay. We'll have a little... Fair enough. There's little, no hell knows. little codicil there. No <laughs> hell knows. No hills have eyes, motherfuckers, out there. Okay. Uh, hell yes. Yes, but 2% said there's a clause here. There's a catch. Right. Phenomenal in the 1960s and 70s, but since about 1980, they've sounded like a repetitive Rolling Stones cover band, and everybody said, ouch, at the same time. <laughs> so, are we in or are we out? Why? Uh, well, hmm. I don't know. You just called them iconic when introducing them, so I feel like you've already shown your hand. Well, actually, <laughs> they could be iconic and they could suck. I mean, because there are a lot of ban iconic bands that I think are overrated. I mean, I don't know if I'd call Oasis uh, iconic, but anyway, there are. I mean, there are some bands that aren't as great as the hype would lead you to believe. However, I just love the Rolling Stones, and it's true what the two percent say. I got it. I handed it to them. They have produced some really, really good stuff since then, but for the most part, the real towering stuff was 1960s and 70s for the Stones. But hey. That's enough, you know? I mean, what oh, more yeah. can you say? When you really look into it, everybody thinks you start me up or whatever, but, you know, when you really look deep, they have some absolutely stunning lyrics, abs brilliant uh, words, wordplay, and uh, the themes that they covered where nobody was touching at the time, so well thought out, and, and they have... Like brown sugar? Well, like, well, okay. <laughs> like All right, we're, we're not going to go there. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay, like brown sugar or... I couldn't help it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like Mother's Little Helper and uh, Paint It Black. Understood. And, I mean, just, just all over. They were all over the place, lyrically. Uh, Heart of Stone. I mean, 
the lyrics were incredible. The guitar interplay, they, were, they were always had two guitarists, and the, they would arrange them to play off of each other in the most fascinating ways that uh, I don't think anybody has done, at least before. They might have copied them since. There's an intricacy to their music that really belies a lot of their, you know, regular meat and potatoes rock and roll image. I mean, they use a lot of strings. They use a lot of horns regularly. And uh, incredible piano work from the likes of Ian Stewart and Nicky Hopkins. And, uh, you know, like I said, strings, horns, the whole bit. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that I think deserve, earns them a place as one of the greatest bands of all time. And they're often compared to the Beatles for some reason because they're around at the same time. They were contemporaries, a little bit of a rivalry maybe. But in many ways, their music is more, I said intricate already, so it's more elaborate, more involved, more uh, well thought out and deep, uh, I think, and orchestrated than that of the Beatles, although I still prefer the Beatles as a band. On Desert Island, it's going to be the Beatles. But the Stones deserve a lot more credit than they get from some people, so I'm glad everybody was at least on board part of the way with them. So they're among my absolute favorites, and one of the reasons I started playing in bands and things like that. Wow. Well, that is uh, that is high praise. And I... I like the Rolling Stones. I'm not gaga over them. I do like them. I get it. I will say that, you know, in the last probably 10 years, I've come to appreciate them more than I used to. You grew uh, up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. After the roasting I got on the uh, winging it, I had to to strike back. I'm kidding. It always happens. Even with or without roasting, I'm going to get shit. And that's fine. That's I signed up for that shit, as he always... Go back and listen and see how I got roasted. It was great. You so did not get roasted. <laughs> it was not a roasting. It was just a playing of information. It was a fun show. Watch and listen to really the last fun. Winging listen It. Listen to Winging It, our yeah. anniversary special. Um, you know, I would say, I think the problem is it wasn't about maturity. It was about exposure. I think I was exposed to the stuff that was on the radio. I wasn't exposed to the deep tracks. And the deep tracks for me are where the magic happens. So, you know, the stuff like Start Me Up, okay, that's fine. You know, that's, I mean, those songs, you know, Low Hanging Fruit, they're fine. And they, you know, Jumpin' Jack Flash, all that stuff. I was like, okay. But then I remembered there was a time where I heard for the first time Sympathy for the Devil. Mm. And I went, wait, there's something more to this band than I know. There was something about the whole, there's a, a theatrical element that it, it gave me this picture. Talk about create an image. It created an image. And I thought, oh, my God, I need to look more into this band. And I did. And I really liked what I heard. And the one thing that I hadn't heard in depth was Goat's Head Soup, which you ah, told me yeah. how much you loved it. And I've since listened to it. I don't even countless times. Mm. I just it's a brilliant album. And it really does expose me to how brilliant they are on so many levels. Now, I know I'm not saying that other albums aren't. But because I got I had somebody in my life who said, hey, this is a really great album. And I dove into it. I now I go again, you know, a whole new respect for them. But the last ten years have really shown me how great they are. I mean, I would say I'm a fan. I'm not the fan to a fan to your level, but I'm a fan. Absolutely, I think they're an amazing rock and roll band. They're still going around. They're timeless. They're gonna. They're gonna. I mean, Keith Richards will never die. We should study him, you know, because he will never die. And uh, Mick Jagger, I don't, where he gets all that energy, I have no idea how he can still put on those kinds of shows incredible band definitely i mean i would say amongst the the most amazing rock bands ever even though again they're not my top 10 doesn't matter they are what they are and they're they are, absolutely yeah. amazing there really isn't any denying what you they can't. are or at least have been at some point and that's you know you can't 
once you do it once, 10 Doesn't years, matter. 15 years, or whatever, I mean, nobody can take that away. And they're still away. doing it. And they're still doing it. And, exactly. And well, think about the amazing about these old bands that have been around forever, like Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones. When they play the old stuff, it's fucking invincible. Oh, because, I mean, these are their songs. You know, and, I mean, watch Aerosmith play like No More, No More Come today. On. I mean, it's just amazing. It takes you right back. And the Stones never really lost that. Even if the records aren't quite as good, whatever, the, you can't take that away from them. And, you can't. Yeah, no. You no. just can't. So the Rolling Stones, apparently we are hell yes, and so are you. Majority of you are hell yes. And again, even with the yes buts, we agree with you. I agree with them for sure. Yes, yeah, but, yeah. you know, and I think there's a yes but with every band. There probably is. just yeah, this band. There probably is. You know, we may not call it out because we just go, oh, but but the other stuff's so good that it maybe cancels it out to some degree, but yeah. I'm with them. So this was a really good one, and I can't wait to share later on what our new one is, but... We have to get to the first song. We are an indie music-focused show. So our Here Comerons the Sun theme yielded a really great tune by a band named Random Rab. And the song is called Release. Now remember, one of them is about a release or a resolution or a solution. So this fit perfectly. They are from Scranton, Pennsylvania. And they consider themselves, ready for this, and theogenic sound sculptors with a penchant for the bizarre reality. Entheogenic so, now. Entheogenic. I'm I'm a big enough man to admit I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So entheogenic is, and I wanted to make sure, a chemical substance typically of plant origin that is ingested to produce a non-ordinary state of consciousness for religious or spiritual purposes. So for me, it's kind of like weed. <laughs> or it's, it's like a psychedelic mushroom or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Peyote or whatever. Okay. I didn't want to say it wrong. I wanted to say it was kind of... It, it, it's weird because I thought that it meant like a, a, a like some sort of you know hallucinogenic, but then I thought, well, that seems kind of medicinal, so I don't think this is exactly like a, a Western medicine thing, and it isn't. No, So no, I needed to look it up to make sure I understood. I'm guessing you couldn't go to Walgreens and get something. Probably not. Area. No, probably not. But uh, so... Uh, I love their own description of themselves. So that was beautiful. Now, this particular song is an electronic elixir. It offers a calm and peaceful walk through one man's journey to find release. He is requesting or perhaps demanding that he be released completely. This track builds and you fear that he may remain ensnared. And then there is liberation. There are so many beautiful textures, tones, and embellishments throughout this track that it feels daunting to try to call each out. Instead, I will invite you to get lost in the gentle, reassuring, and persistent vocals and the uplifting and affirming instrumentation of release.
Not only did I not know what ethnogenic meant, I didn't know what <laughs> rab meant either. Now, it seems to suggest things. Maybe that's the genius of the name. It is. It suggests rab as in rabbi, like some mm-hmm. mentor type, or rabble as in a, a mob or a crowd. I mean, it could be anything. It maybe could be. maybe it's supposed to be open-ended like that, but I love it. Random I do rab love is it. good, yeah. I do love it. So that means that we are going to you for... A preen break. In this feature, we discuss bands that broke up. Why? Who started it? <laughs> the fans. The teary fans they left behind, <laughs> etc. And the band uh, under investigation today is Blondie, a favorite of mine, anyway. Good thing that I'm not pandering to you. Yeah, it's good. I didn't, it's not feeding me these, uh, no, throwing these uh, gifts, these bonbons I here. I would never. Uh, well, uh, it was only supposed to be a hiatus after guitarist Chris Stein was diagnosed with a rare skin disease. In 1982, it turned into a breakup. Uh, Debbie Harry, lead vocalist Debbie Harry, was dating Chris Stein, a guitar player, songwriter, and she stayed with him and cared for him. They broke up in 1989. That means the band, not, not <laughs> Debbie and Chris. They never broke up. Well, not really. They did. Well, I mean, they're still together all the time. Yeah. But they're not a, oh, okay. romantically okay, well, okay. All right, splitting hairs here. You know. <laughs> but uh, Blondie released 11 albums starting in 1976. Blondie, Plastic Letters, Parallel Lines, One Every Year, Eat to the Beat, Classic, uh, Auto-American, Total Genius Album, uh, The Hunter, and The Hunter was the last album they put out for 17 years. Oh, I meant to mention at the top of the show, listeners, to keep your ears peeled for tie-ins or possible tie-ins to James Bond, Batman, Kiss, or Pat Boone, as always, and... Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of them out there in case I happen to miss any. But uh, what made me think of that now was when Blondie broke up in uh, 1989, the last album they put out was The Hunter, and it contained a song that they had been commissioned to write for a film. And they did do the song, but the producers rejected it. And the the song is called For Your Eyes Only, which is a James Bond film. Tie in there, thank you. Uh, And now, for extra... Uh, extra bonus points here, uh, Buttercup. Tell me who actually ended up singing for your eyes only. That is Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton, that's right. But Blondie did it first, mm. and it didn't end up in the film. Did you know that? There's an interesting little tidbit there. No, because I, I can't imagine Blondie singing that song. I really can't. It wasn't that song. It was another song by the same title. Oh, okay. song that they wrote, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I can't I imagine can see, I can see her singing that. Well, no. See, I can imagine Call Me being in a, so- in a movie because it was an American Gigolo. So I get that, and it's that. Cool story based on my, the movie based on my life. That's right. Uh, well, I mean, of yeah, course. Yeah. So for 17 years they were separated. They reunited in 1997, but the tide was too high. Founding members Frank Infante and Nigel Harrison unsuccessfully sued to prevent his former bandmates, their former bandmates, from using the name Blondie. That did not work. So did not work. And yes, work. I did say, but the tide was too high. I couldn't help myself. I'm couldn't sorry. Couldn't help it. I'm sorry. I would say their reunion was one of the best comebacks in music history with the fantastic 1999 album No Exit and uh, a sensational live DVD uh, from their uh, triumphant return to New York. And they did a concert there to promote that. It was a great song. The No Exit album yielded a number one hit in the UK, Maria. And Maria made them one of only two acts in history ever to have number one songs in the UK in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. The other one being Michael Jackson. That's a hell of a distinction. You know, gave him a big hit, uh, big hit song out of that. And Maria after is th- fun. What? It's a fun song. Oh, Maria. Great song. Yes. Song. Great song. It hit the... It hit the uh U.S. Billboard Dance, it didn't hit the actual billboard, but it did do dance tracks. Yeah. 
So they continued, minus these original members, uh, with The Curse of Blondie in 2003, Panic of Girls in 2011, there's a, there's a title for you, Ghosts of Download 2014, and Pollinator 2017. Pretty recently, they're still working after over 40 years. In fact, uh, with Ghosts of Download, they released another uh, bonus album called Blondie, well, the whole package was called Blondie 40 Ever, and Ghosts of Download came with uh, Greatest Hits Deluxe Redux, an actual re-recording of all of the originals, uh, their original hits so that was pretty impressive but when they, were, when they were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2006 Frank Infante asked Deborah Harry if he could perform with them and she said uh, can't you see my band is up there and he's like your band I thought Blondie was being inducted you know, which he was originally they induct the original members you know that's usually how it goes sorry but if you sue them yeah. you're probably not going to get to play with them ever again I mean he got inducted because he was in the band originally that's okay, how it works but you don't get to but play but you don't get to play Too so bad. needless to say sorry that did not work sorry, out. And um, the charts, of course, big, big hits. Uh, they had uh, number one, Heart of Glass, in 79. Number 24, One Way or Another, both from the Parallel Lines album in 81. Number one with You Know This Song, You Know You Do, Rapture. Rapture. So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, but Blondie's still out there, and uh, Chris Stein still has health issues, but they're trying to play. They play whenever they can, and they're gonna, there's a tour coming up, so... This is a this is a band who is I mean that is one of the longest breaks in music history and one of the most uh, stunning comebacks too, so yeah it was a preen break but it apparently had uh, nothing to do with um, creative differences or anything like that. The, one of the, the founding member was sick and needed to be cared for and Deborah Harry did a little solo work on the side and the other members did some records with other people and uh, never quite all got back together but they most of them did and they put out uh, one hell of a few records there that I have all of them and they're great. So, uh, what do you think of Blondie, uh, Buttercup? No, I like Blondie. I mean, they're definitely not not in my my top of all time bands. They are certainly in my uh, skate world top uh, top ten. Skate world. I'm sorry. Yeah, I used to go skating every Saturday from one to four, and they would play Blondie pretty much every week. Uh, they play Rapture. You know, they play One Way or Another. They play Heart of Glass. So, you know, I got to know Blondie that way. Um, I was really pleased when I heard Maria. I remember I thought that was really great. Unfortunately, some of the rest of their stuff that came out later went on to the adult contemporary list, which I do not believe is where Blondie wants to be. But that is kind of where a lot of their stuff is in it. They've been charting um, on the U.S. Billboard Alternative, ah. uh, like the the you know the. Uh, older generation which is which is strange because if you look at Debbie Harry she's not that person at all but I really do like them I like her voice I like that they're still going I think they're a great fun band I like them they're a little punky they're a little poppy they're they're perfect I dig them and I'm glad she's still going she's like 70 years old or something she's still uh, rocking closer to 80 I think oh yeah. damn yeah. and she's still rocking she still looks amazing I hope to look even one 100th that good at 80 but it's not looking good I'd like but, to catch that tour I gotta say Yes, so I'm a I'm I'm into Blondie. I dig them. I dig them. Cool. Well, good. You're not a uh, not a mutant. That's good to know because hmm. um, I may be a mutant in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, does this uh, does this uh, act? Do my eyes deceive me here? Does it say I have to introduce the song? That is correct. Okay. All right. All right. All right. See, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, it's always me. It's always me. It's not always you. They're thinking this poor guy right now. You know. Actually, they're that's not, that's not that. what they're, they're thinking. thinking no. They are thinking They're not thinking that, no. All right. Well, if you've they're ever listened to... They're thinking this poor to, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they are thinking that. I concede. 
<laughs> well, if you've ever listened to anything I've ever done on Fears of Music Radio, then you've heard Bo Jest at one point. Uh, this is an uh, act that I discovered quite some time ago in Reverb Nation, and the music was so cutting edge. The music was so this incredibly imaginative blend of pop and progressive rock and mystery and classical literature and classical music and every kind of thing. I really had never heard anything like it, and I still haven't. Little did I know, the record was like 25 years old, uh, when I finally met the uh, creator, the creative mind behind this act, Annika Speller, vocalist, composer, and keyboardist. Uh, I found out that there was actually a, a record from the 90s, and it just blew me away to know that. In fact, the, and she directed one of the finest bands I've ever heard assembled, the uh, drummer uh, that you're going to hear on this track. Ben Smith actually went uh, from that point in the 90s when uh, her uh, meteoric rise was sidelined by a terrible accident, went to work for a pair of sisters you might have heard of named Anne and Nancy. Uh, so he's been Hart's drummer ever since then. And uh, just a stunning band, incredible compositions, and... Talk about the theme of the show. I was uh, going to play this last time because the theme was Call Me. This time it's Here Cormorants the Sun, and the title of the song is Call the Sun. So we had Call, we have the Sun. I was going to slip it in last time, and I realized just how fitting it was because the theme about it's something uplifting. It's coming out, it's coming up, it's reviving, uh, and the... Uh, the refrain goes uh, call the sun to burn the dark away so i thought it was the absolutely perfect song for this and i hope that you love this song by bo jest as much as i do here's call the sun
All right, call the sun to burn the dark away. Call the sun by Bo Jest. And that, uh, that bit at the end there, Evil is the Shadow, Cast by the Sun, it's actually borrowed from a Charlie Chaplin film, a rather late one called Monsieur Verdu, where he's this, like, killer. He's like, he marries women and kills them for their money so he can support his family. It's one of those, it's pretty fucked up, honestly. That is fucked up. And he makes this moralizing speech at the end, you know, as if to somehow divert away from the fact that he's a killer, a murderer, you know. Uh, And that's one of the lines he uses. And she turned me on to this film and it's really pretty amazing. It's pretty dark, you know. Has its funny moments, but it's a hell of a film. Uh, So you can find Bojess. Now the album was called Kissing It On. You can get that actually only on eBay. Uh, Louis Drayton and I both have physical copies of it. However, you can get all of the songs plus a lot of extras, which are some of my very favorites of Annika's that she puts out. Oh, this is just a demo. This is early bullshit. The stuff is great, all of it. So some of my favorite stuff is the stuff that's not on the album. You can get it all at Reverb Nation. And the page is Bojest, B-O-J-E-S-T, no space in the name or, of course, in the uh, page. So check out Bojest on Reverb Nation. If you want to get the record, you can get it on eBay. All right, and now it is time for Trivial Trills. For this feature, I will name a musical artist or band and see what, if any, tasty trivia tidbits David can share. Are you ready for the band, sir? I, I For some reason, I feel complete defeat in the air. Uh, oh, wow. I, I can almost taste it, yes. Oh, excellent. Uh, certainly, certainly I can smell well, perfect, it. Perfect, then I'm going to kick your uh, ass right, in who, various. Who is it? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll catch a break. Who is so it? So this, and then I'll kick your ass in various. So perfect, oh, various. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, it's on in various. <laughs> <laughs> the band this time is Badfinger. 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 Wow. Yes. So, what do you got? What do you know about Badfinger? Very little. Um, They're an amazing band. Come and get it. Uh, And what was the other other really, really... Oh, fuck. Um, But it was uh, Paul McCartney wrote it. Baby Blue. Uh, Yeah, and and there's another one. But uh, not much, actually. I know nothing of the members, which is unusual for me. It is very unusual. Because I never had one of their records. There are dozens of bands. I never had anything of theirs. As great as they are. They are great. They're right up your alley. You know who's who's kicking? Like Groups like 10CC. There's so many groups out there that I've done so much that I missed. I am shocked. Badfinger is definitely one of them. I am shocked. Nope. Horrified? No, I'm not. I'm just shocked. I'm, I'm grieved. Actually... I'm totally grieved. You know? <laughs> Are you? Yes. Well, let me give you a few and see if they don't. They might awaken they well might. something. I said, Sir Paul. You know, that's about all I know. True. Well, but that's that's big, yeah. right? That's big. It's a huge part of the Badfinger story. So, first of all, Todd Rundgren produced Baby Blue. Mm. So that's interesting. And Baby he gets around. Yeah. He does right. And Baby Blue is in the last minutes of the final episode of a TV drama. Oh, no, of course. I remember when Mr. Walter White was uh, expiring and they were playing that song in the very last episode of our favorite show, Breaking Bad. Exactly. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. I, I, for some reason, I forgot it was them. Yes. I remember, of course, they were playing a song called Baby Blue. Yes. Very significant. But them, nope, slipped my mind altogether. And that's significant just in case you never watched Breaking Bad because the meth he makes is blue, blue and he considers it's his baby because he's the only one who can make it. So it was very fitting, though a very sad moment. So we potentially just ruined it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, he dies. Okay. So George Harrison started producing the Straight Up album, but turned it over to Rundgren when he decided to organize the benefit concert for Bangladesh. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. So the fact that George Harrison... Now, because there's a big Beatles story here, as you alluded to, uh, George Harrison did produce Day After Day, which is what you were thinking. Oh, yeah. Which was the last top 40 hit for the band. Mm. Because many, many sad things befell this band. 
Very bad. I, I did not know that. And an interesting interesting thing that you may want to take a peek at is in 2020, Ian Anderson, oh. Jethro Tull, for those people who don't know, mm-hmm. I know you know, yeah. teamed up with Terry Reed and the Manchester String Quartet for a new version of Day After Day. So that's something we wow. may want to listen to. Ian imagine Anderson. that. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Man. And he teamed up with a string quartet. I can't even imagine. So. Yeah, well, he's done some incredibly eclectic records. Yes, Ian Anderson's Solo just stuff, brilliant, yeah. though. He really is. So, Badfinger also played on George Harrison's first solo album, All Things Must Pass. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so interesting, right? Yeah. So, this band, I picked them because, number one, I thought you for sure knew their music. And no, well, those sure three songs, or those two songs, actually, Just Day After Day and uh, Come and Get It. Well, uh, perhaps this will inspire you to dig deeper into their catalog. I, why am I confused about who wrote them? Who, in fact, wrote, were they, each, were they both written by McCartney? No, I'm about to get to that. Ah, So beautiful, wonderful foreshadowing. So they were signed to the Beatles' Apple Records, and uh, they did definitely face Beatle comparisons. Though when I listen to it, I don't really see the comparisons to the Beatles, because to me there is really no comparison. But I guess, you know, there were some similarities because McCartney, you know, wrote um, Come and Get It for Badfinger. He wrote it for them. But the thing that sucks about about that song being written for them by McCartney, mm-hmm. is he insisted that they play it in the style in which he had written it because he knew it would be a hit, but that actually did not allow them to be themselves. And now, any of us who are artists, we know that that's got to be tough for us. So, you know, if somebody mm-hmm. wrote a song for you, Professor P. Soup, and they said, oh, but you can't do your Professor P. Soup thing, you're like, well, what the fuck? Then why, why well, you didn't that's write it for me. That's a tough ask, it really is. You know, so I think that had to be pretty tough. They recorded their fourth album, but their negotiations with Apple got snarled and a lawsuit prevented its release. So imagine how heartbreaking that is to work all that time on an album and not have it released. They could not tour or record while they were at their peak because of this lawsuit. Oh. So they couldn't release the album, they couldn't tour, and they couldn't record. Oh, terrible, terrible. So that is awful. So Apple finally issued the band's fourth album, in late 1973 and what was the name of that fourth album i don't know ass was it really ass i didn't know they had four albums much less one called ass yes <laughs> well that fourth one was their last one because pete ham hanged himself in 1975 oh. and his suicide note made it clear that the business dealings were his undoing <gasps> He expressed hopes that his death would serve as a cautionary tale for aspiring musicians, and he sadly joined the 27 Club. Really? 27? You know, now that you mention it, I do see him on the list. Damn. (gasps) And um, I think it was a year or two later, another member of this band killed themselves because Pete killed himself, and he couldn't handle it. Kind of wish I didn't know that one almost. <laughs> Damn. Okay. It's, so it, it's a it's a tough story because you yeah. think as a band, you think, okay, we're Badfinger. We're this band. Paul McCartney writes a song for us. George Harrison is producing us. Then he hands it over to Todd Rundgren. You think, oh, my God, we're signed to the Apple label. We're going nowhere but up. Mm. And it was nowhere but down for them. So uh, amazing music. I listened to a bunch of it while, obviously, I was writing this and doing the research for this. And uh, so a very sad story, but a really great band that left us with some really great music. Unfortunately, lots of things in here have to be heartbreaking, you know. And I think if you are out there and you're listening and you're 
a musician, you understand how horrible all this would be. If you're not a musician, I can only tell you that it is your most precious creation that is being denied the one thing you want, which is to share it with the world. Yeah, yeah. And to tour and play it for people and have them sing it back to you and have that energy. And those songs, oh, they would have. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so how heartbreaking. And to say, to be able to say, oh, McCartney wrote this for us. Oh, but we have to do it in the style of McCartney because he knows it's going to be hit. And yes, it was a hit. It was, yeah. I mean. It was a hit. But, again, Professor P. Soup, we wrote this song for you, but don't do your Professor P. Soup thing. It's either they could have easily done two versions of it, their way and his way. You know? I think they probably Throw his, could have. Throw his out there as a single and put theirs on the album. But you know? if Paul McCartney wrote a song for you, yeah. and t- there's no way you're going to be like, okay, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd record it my way uh, with his permission yeah. on the album. Uh, right. you know, but the le- it should lead off with that because it was irresistible. Yeah. We can't get it out of our heads. In fact, here's an interesting little tidbit about that song. Here's some trivia that you might not have uncovered. Fantastic. Great. Oh, uh, just spontaneous. Here it is. Love it. All right. um, The song, Come and Get It, appears on the first album by the Hollywood Vampires, which is Alice Cooper, uh, Joe Perry, and Johnny Depp, uh, which is mostly covers. There are three originals on there, but mostly they're covers. And they're, whenever possible, songs by artists who died too young Mm. uh, or killed themselves or died from drug overdose. And a lot of those acts are on there, and Come and Get It is also on there. So Alice, wow. Johnny, and Joe are playing that one for you. And um, yeah, I mean, because it is that great and enduring of a song. You know? Well, I mean, but all of their music really was. If you listen to their their catalog, there's some really hypnotic stuff. I mean, while that is catchy and certainly stays, you know, in your mind, you know, there's a lot of other ones. Day After Day for, for sure does that. Baby Blue does that. So there's more songs that do that. But the fact that they were denied their own creative license on a song that was written for them to produce a hit is kind of tough. But then again, without going too deep into it, it's something that most bands that were born in the 70s faced in the 80s and the 90s. How do we reinvent ourselves so we are now relevant you know, to this, you know, new thing, you know, to this new sound or whatever. And I feel like McCartney had his finger on the pulse, as we know, a brilliant songwriter, and said, I know this is going to be a hit. And it really was for them. But again, at the end of the day, to put something out and say, oh, yeah, we were really successful. It's not our song, and we didn't do it our way. That's tough. It is. It is. But it... If it would have afforded them a lot of opportunity and freedom had they been allowed to play and everything, that would have been Absolutely. perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in that weren't. case, doing it his way would have uh, wouldn't really taken the sting out of it. You know, I agree. <laughs> and you could have, have taken whatever, yeah, creative license you yeah. wanted on stage, you know, yeah. with it, and said. But then again, then you face the fans who are ready to hear it the way they've heard it on the radio. So then you have a whole other thing. But true, <laughs> it's a sad story for a really great band. Four albums, you know, ended in tragedy. Um, you know, just. I mean, completely and totally run run down with horrible, tragic things and what l- looked like it should have been promising. So that is Trivial Trills. Oh, what now, well, Buttercup? Well, now that we are done with Trivial Trills, I will now share another song, and this is by Douglas First. So this is a song that I found on Bandcamp called No More Sadness. And again, it fits perfectly with our theme. Douglas First, which, again, I love that name. It just... I. I don't, it just does something for me. I like the corporate sounding things. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. Douglas you don't expect First it. National. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like Franklin Global Quality. It's actually yeah, the name of a rock so band. Weird. I mean, I love that kind I of shit. I love it too. It's um, crazy. Douglas First is an, is an awesome name. I really love is. it. And Much better than Douglas Fur would have been, for example. <laughs> for sure. But Douglas F-U-R would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> so they're from Berlin. Well, so Christmas again, we are, we are global. 
They are rock, and they boast a French singer and two French guitarists, a German drummer, and a pianist, and a Turkish bassist. Wow. So they are very, very cool, and they have a new album coming this year, and this is their first in several years. Now, let me tell you a little bit about No More Sadness, because I heard this track, and it really moved me. This haunting yet strangely uplifting song begins gloomy with moments of dissonance and uncertainty. Then, the English choir boy vocals cry out, No More Sadness, until you are ready to surrender yours. The chorus feels like an affirmation as much for his own sanity and acceptance as mine. There are strings that confirm that there is a sadness, gloom, and perhaps tragedy. However, he will not yield and sings his affirmation to the bittersweet end. Enjoy, <laughs> not enjoy. Here's no more sadness. Should I written it about my proper case ten years ago now? Didn't find the
All right, so that means it is time for Various Songbirds. And we are changing things up again because we like to keep things interesting. This time it is the Battle Royale. And forevermore shall be known as Various Songbirds Battle Royale. Yes, that is a nod to James Bond in honor of my BFF here, who is a Bond fiend, if you will. And because we are going head-to-head now for this feature, we name lines from songs and try to stump each other in a head-to-head battle. So we're going to go up against one another. We'll see who is the victor and who is the vanquished. So, David, would you like to go first? I yield the first slot to you. Yeah, I think this is going to be so much more interesting. A real, you know, shooting match back and forth. And I just want to say for my part that this is a complete peace offering. I'm handing this on a silver platter. You boasted about your softballs before. This is a Nerf football lobbed underhand. That's how easy and soft this is. But those were softballs, babe. All right, well, here's a softball for you then. You touch my hand and I'm a king. Your kiss to me is worth a fortune. It's Elvis. That's true. Elvis did a lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> Narrow it down. Good thing you're not a smartass. Um, oh, God, I can hear it. Say it again, will you? You touch my hand and I'm a king. Your kiss to me is worth a fortune. Oh, your love for me is everything. I meant to include that, sorry. The Wonder of You. Thank you, yes. Oh. <laughs> I did it at karaoke. That's correct. And I got to say, I mean, I probably ranted about it before, a room full of straight-up kids. These were like 20-year-olds and everything, 21 maybe. And the horns start at the beginning of that song, and everybody starts going ape shit because well, they knew it. It's, it's such a classic. They all have parents. Yeah. They all have parents. And who doesn't love that song, man? It's a the beautiful song. The wonder of you, Elvis. All right. You win. You scored. I scored. You're ahead. The battle well. royale is in your favor. <laughs> so far. So let's see what you think of this one. When you wake up, will you walk out? It can't be love if you throw it about. Um, say that again. When you wake up, will you walk out? It can't be love if you throw it about. I don't seem to have a single clue on this one. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm. It's. It'll be a dough. It'll be a kick <laughs> yourself moment. But I'm really surprised. I mean, you're admitting defeat already. Love ruins. I mean, <laughs> that love ruins thing is great. <laughs> Damn um, it. I, oh, I totally admit defeat. Um, give me something bigger than that. I'm afraid. Give me the uh, initials of the act or something. D L. Nobody has those initials. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, I'm completely stumped. Love Bites by Def Leppard. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, will you walk out? Can't be love. You know, throw it about. You see, I know the Love Bites part and I know the song, but no, it's one of those ones you figure you'd know. I know the song if I heard it. And I like it, but now you're a Leopard totally fan, the, so I thought I don't, but you'd I never, ha- I never actually had anything of theirs. I doesn't just listen to them doesn't when they mean come out. I do like them. Know yeah. any of their I'm not songs. that familiar. I really should uh, look back into them because they are better than and bad sometimes finger. made out to be. Yeah, and bad finger too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> terrible thing. All right, well, shoot. I thought that was a softball. Little Def Leppard softball. It, it probably was it because was, it's there, a uh, there very are lyrics of song. theirs. Yeah, there are lyrics of theirs that I probably would have gotten, but you got me with that one. Well, and I picked two lines that lead right into the oh love bites right there. Just it's right there. All right. Well, the balls never got softer than this one that's coming oh, up. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is just. I mean, this is cracker jack. This is, jack just, this is just open the sweetest up a, possible. This thing. is a cracker jack box. All gift. right. Okay. Why won't you tell me what she said? What was that promise that you made? 
was that promise that you made? It's uh, the door. Dun, 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 dun. Touch me. Damn! Another <laughs> karaoke tune that I've done, and another time for you. I mean, they see. Wow. There's making them too easy, and then miles beyond that, there's this. What I'm doing here? This I'm is, handing these them. These are to some you. softball. Well, you hadn't softballs. been giving me any fucking. There's no been no love coming my way all this time. So now I'm I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of the love. That's exactly as I intended it. Oh, right. <laughs> it's working ex- just the way part I planned. Of your plan. Just the way I planned. You're winning soundly and having all this triumph and everything. That's exactly the way I set it up. My goodness. So now I didn't win on my own accord. Of course, you've set it up and allowed me to win. I see. Okay. No, I just I made it attainable. Mm. Softball. Well, okay. this, this is. I think this is a softball, but we'll find out. I've seen this thing before in my best friend and the boy next door, full for love and full of fire. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Of course I know the song. You do. I've seen this thing before in my friend, the boy next door. In my best friend, my and, best the boy friend next door, and the boy next door. Full for love and full of life. Shit. Shit. This is terrible. You know this. This is anguish. Of course I know it. <laughs> this is softball, babe. Oh, I've seen the same before. The boy next door. Oh, it's. I can't even say it's late this time. No, you can't. <laughs> I've been up a long time. Come on, no I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had my, uh, you know, you uh, omega oil. Today? Omega <laughs> oil in a couple days. <laughs> That's not true. I just saw you take a bunch yes, of vitamins. I take my omega oil every day. I take the old guy pills all the time. Well, um, wait. The point. I know the song without the melody. It's, it's dead. It's so hard. It's dead. Shit. Uh, oh, without it being sung, I'll never get it. I'm, I'll never get it. Sorry. First letter of the title is M. There's mm. no song with the title M in it. No, no that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> there might have been one decades ago. Maybe but, one. Yeah. Uh, title M. Damn, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We I talked it. about it earlier on the show. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, we're going to take a break for a second. It's uh, you know you can almost hear it without it being sung I'll never get it you can almost hear it but not quite I hate it and I'm thinking male female is it male or female 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 okay admitting defeat though yeah admitting defeat of course uh, the artist initials uh, B B just B just B wow not fucking Beyonce Mm-mm. oh thank goodness uh that uh, that would be intolerable because I it's a good song I know the song and it wouldn't be Beyonce if I knew it. Uh, well, or liked it, <laughs> or had any regard for it at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I'm stumped on this one, and it's uh, it's going to be to my eternal shame. Blondie's Maria. Oh, seen you seen <laughs> before, my best friend and the boy next door. I know, of course, I know this song. Oh, that's madness. Blondie. We were talking about it earlier on this show. The things that happen to you, not only when you do radio do you utter unintelligible sounds that no human being ever made, you also can't remember your own fucking name, basically. (laughs) Well, it's hard with all the melody. Blondie Maria that I brought up myself earlier? Yes. (laughs) B. Never heard of a band with a started with a B before. (laughs) We talked about Blondie for about 45 minutes. I that's why I put that's it in your, radio. That is a that's a soft fucking ball. You know, it's like the mic must feed some kind of radiation to fry the brain or something. You know? That's <laughs> probably that's, it. that's the working theory. That's yeah. it. I, I yeah. think so. We'll we'll continue to test that. Yeah. We'll test that. Out.
All right. Well, it's your turn to try to stump me. Oh, okay. Goody, goody. Okay. Goody gumdrops. All right. Here we go. <laughs> My grandma used to say that. <laughs> goody gumdrops. She used to say, goody, goody gumdrops. Well, goody, goody gumdrops. I got. <laughs> this is one. Any, I mean, you could go to Bushman in the Be nice. In the, you should go to Bushman <laughs> in the Outback. I don't get it? You've just set me up to be an idiot. <laughs> I like it. Bushman in the Outback know this song. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, well, just like I don't know Maria, for heaven's sakes, I got every. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know this song, but you won't get it by this, or you probably will. It's such a Who softball. Knows? Ready? All right. Midnight, getting up tight. Where are you? You said you'd meet me. Now it's quarter to two. Oh shit! It's like Maria. It's the Do same. It it's the Maria comp. The Maria it? syndrome. Say one more time. Yeah, it is. The Maria syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Midnight, getting up tight. Where are you? You said you'd meet me. Now it's quarter to two. Oh my god! I know this song. I don't think I know a single female singer in the world who's never sung this song. Fuck. Fuck, I know this song. Did I just let slip female? (gasps) Gasp, I I didn't mean to. And I didn't ask. No, I just slipped. Fuck. Loose lips, sink ships. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shit. Oh my God, I know I know this. Yep. Fuck. The Maria Syndrome. Shit. The Maria Factor, rather. The Maria Factor. Getting up tight. If you admit defeat, I'll sing part of it. It's like right there. Yep. It's right there. Maria was right there, too. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so pissed off. I I know. I'm glad it isn't just me that this happens to. I'm going to be so fucking mad. Well, at least we weren't talking about it 30 minutes ago, but uh, yeah, uh, you will kick yourself. Can I have initials and stuff like you got? The initials of the artist? Mm -hmm. Oh, dead giveaway. Okay. The initials of the artist, and you'll know it in two seconds. J.J. JJ? J J. J J. Yeah. All of a sudden I know no artist with a J. J J. J J. It's amazing the human brain how you know things but you don't know them, you know, when you need to know them. It's so wrong. Yep. I know you're really trying to help me. I'm so sorry. Well, when you give up, I'll sing a line. All right, I give up. Midnight, getting up John tight. Jet. Where are you, John Jet and the Blackhearts? I hate myself. And the title is. I hate myself for loving you. Thank you. I hate myself Classic. for loving you. Oh. Classic. It's a, it's that amazing a that you don't bullshit. know the classic. Because I yeah. could hear it. Yeah, I could hear Maria too. Terrible, terrible thing. Okay, so that was how many and how many? Well, I have one more for you besides the uh, have mercy one that I have in case you're just horribly failing, which I am. you are yeah, so far. Yeah. But if anyone needs a lifeline, it's me. I, yeah. Yes, I think this one, I, I think you're going to get this one. I, I, I really do. I, but I did think that about the other two. So And I should have. <sighs> so, something's wrong. Shut the light. Heavy thoughts tonight. And they aren't Snow White. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> thank you for the real softball. Metallica enters Sandman. That's correct. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's another one that I thought of but forgot to write down in time uh, of great band names. It's a great you know, band because name. Because, think about it, Metallica, it sounds like it would be Metallic, and it is. The uh gives it a certain class, a certain, you know, a certain mystique, like, it turns anything, erotic, uh, or, you know, yes. I mean, it turns, it gives everything a certain uh, pizzazz and a certain, uh, and a certain, almost dignity. You know, I think Justin Bieber and The Weeknd and Sam Smith ought to uh, form a group together, a boy band, uh, you know, a boy singer super group, and call it like Insipida or something like that. I think that would be, <laughs> I think that would be a, a real smash. 
<laughs> what? Isn't that per- wouldn't that perfectly and inca- kind and, of amazing? Yeah, that would perfectly embody the uh, spirit of the vocals. Yeah. Hmm. But um, anyway, yep, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I hate myself for loving you. And you got Metallica's Inter Sandman. I got so Inter Sandman. You have two. You you had one that you got, and how many did I get? <laughs> one. Uh, no, you got two. I you did? got the Wonder of You and Touch Me. You oh. got my karaoke tunes that I to- total softballs. Well, I'm going to give you this one because then we will just count it towards your overall score. We were young and full of life, and none of us prepared to die. And I'm not ashamed to say the roar of the guns and cannons almost made me cry. Why don't I know that? Maybe because I don't know it. You do know it. Um, You're not going to tell me it's no. I won't even say it. Um... A little bit of singing, maybe. Mm. I can I concede total defeat on this one. It's just uh, defeat I, let is me, just. Let me just tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you the the first letter of the song. It's F. One word title. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the band begins with an A. We were young and what? And full of life, and none of us prepared, prepared to, to die. die. And I'm not ashamed to say the roar of guns and cannons almost made me cry. Who's the band? the drums, Fernando. no. (laughs) If I had to do the same again, I would, my friend, Fernando. We love Abba here, folks. We do. Unashamed, loud and proud. Okay. All right. Uh, That was disgrace. More disgrace for me. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's okay. I was trying. I thought, for sure, you'd what I was born for, you know. (laughs) Do you want to give me the last one, or do you just want to move on? Uh, well, I'll give you the what last you one. You'll you get think? it like you get all of them. Yeah. That's not, I have not gotten hardly any of them all this time. Uh, I know. You got two, though. Uh, karaoke ones I did in front of your very eyes. Okay. The Midwest Farmer's Daughters Really Make You Feel All Right. And the Northern Girls, with the way they kiss, they keep their boyfriends warm at night. It's the Beach Boys. Mm? It is the Beach Boys. Oh, it's... um. Why well, I have to go through the whole song in my fucking head to get the title? That sucks ass. Da, 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 da. California Girls. California Girls, a major hit for the Beach Boys and David Lee Roth. Uh, so, yes, indeed. You are on a s- clobbering spree, I believe. Is, <laughs> I believe the technical term is clobbering spree. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure, but I like it. We'll go with that. Oh, man. Crazy. Well, that was fun. I like the Battle Royale. So, did I win that one? Uh, decisively. All right. Well, I won that one, but you know what? I have a feeling next time it will not be me that wins, but you. So, until the next Battle Royale, we shall have you introduce our next artist. Next up, an act that made a really big impression on me. Uh, last time, I think we played them a couple times before. Uh, yeah, this, this is their third appearance on the show. Electric Mind Machine from L.A. Glendale, out here in Cali, basically. Uh, the I immediately seized by the raw, fuzzed-out guitars, the sort of which you can almost... It's impossible to imagine anybody making in this day with any amount of technology that you got in the 60s. The swirling transistor organs also take us back to the psychedelia, to uh, acid rock. It is just a gorgeous sound, and the vocals of Nina Rose Carlin will just stay with you. And, uh, I mean, this is 
go-go dancing. This is every everything you've ever seen. If you're from back in the dinosaur age that I come from and the glorious things that we uh, experienced on television, this is what Electric Mind Machine all brings back. And in keeping with our theme, here's a joyful number, or at least it sounds to be. I can't honestly say I can make out all the lyrics, so I could be being had. <laughs> no. I could be being snookered. However, <laughs> the effect of the music is sheer joy from Electric Mind Machine, and this one is called Blinded by the Sun. favorite discoveries on the show. Actually, that would be Cupcake Harrison. She does all the work, but uh, <laughs> I thank her for that and for many other things. This is one of the favorite acts I've come across. Electric Mind Machine. So dig that and you can find them at Facebook, Electric Mind Machine. 
Now, finally, I get to... No, I don't. I don't get to rest. I've got to contribute to this bit, too. Go ahead That's and correct. at least introduce it. So, yes, this is the pecking order. And for this feature, what we do is we pit similar bands or artists against one another and determine the pecking order. Who comes first? Who comes second? Are they equal? We've actually never had an equal. We've always determined that one was better than the other in some way, or at least up, you know, just a little teeny bit, just inched out the other band. And in this yeah, case... Yeah, there have been no absolute routes. No. No, there has not. So, uh, there have not, rather. Um, so, this time we are pitting REM against the replacements. Hmm. So, this is an interesting one because... I'm familiar with both of these. Of course, one I am certainly more familiar with, but I spent quite a bit of time listening to The Replacements because I'm very familiar with R.E.M. And there are a lot of songs that are, you know, very popular, but what I did is I went ahead and listened to some deep tracks. And again, I tell you, most of the time I like the deep tracks better than some of the songs that are on the radio there's just something a little different because i think sometimes they're catering to the audience instead of doing what they really want to do so there's quite a few uh bastards of young can't hardly wait i'll be you unsatisfied color me impressed aching to be skyway androgynous there's a lot of really really great songs oh yes um, so I spent a lot of time listening to them, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to dig a lot deeper. Not that I hadn't before, but not to the same degree that I did R.E.M. So I want to make sure you know I did my homework. And uh, I will say, I really loved what I heard, and I do think that these are a decent match. Now, I mean, obviously, they're not exactly alike. No two bands are exactly alike. But I was really, I was really excited about this one because I really feel like it's a fair fight, if you will. Yeah, it's not that far off, no. It's not, yeah. no. I mean, there's obviously differences, but there are so many similarities. You go, oh, yeah, I see that they're together. But, you know, then I look at the R.E.M. catalog and, you know, things like, you know, Losing My Religion. Of course, Everybody Hurts. Night Swimming is more of kind of a deep track. And if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. Rockville's a great song. Of course, there's the one I love, Fall On Me, which is super, you know, uh, obviously well-known. Um, Find the River, Radio Free Europe, Shiny Happy People, which I hate, Stand, though these are some of the ones that you definitely would know, Man on the Moon, Pop Song 89, which I love, At My Most Beautiful, which is one of the most amazing songs ever. Uh, There's just a, a ton of songs. And uh, when I think about you know these two bands, obviously R.E.M. was kind of something I grew up with. But I put that aside and I really just looked at the music, catalog to catalog. And even... When doing that, I have to say that R.E.M. still inches it out for me because of the variety of sounds that they did. I mean, they've done so many, like, kind of reinventions of themselves where they're still kind of at their core. They're still R.E.M., but I, there's a a push to do something that's really, really different. And not that the replacements don't have that, but not to the same degree that R.E.M. does one album after the other. It's just you you hear an evolution and you hear a difference and I fell in love with everyone which doesn't always happen you think of people with you too with their evolution people hated some of their stuff mm-hmm. I was with them I'm with them on the, their whole you know their whole catalog but I, and I'm the same with REM so I will say REM still inches it out for me but after doing more research mad props to the replacements I mean they're just I knew they were great but they're just really amazing 
And as it turns out, this is stuff I might have missed, but I was in a uh, group way back in the late 80s, a sort of a satirical uh, group of three who were like Professor P. Soup type stuff. And one of the guys in the band was really had a really strange eclectic taste. He was heavily into Barry Manilow and the Partridge mm. Family and David Cassidy solo, which is nice. why, I, yeah, which is why I'm so familiar with a lot of them. And some obscure acts like Husker Du, and also very much into both of these bands here. So I'm quite acquainted with the. Uh, you know, the say the up until the ni- early 90s of these bands. Now, between the replacements and R.E.M., R.E.M. has, of course, stayed more on the radar, more of the, you know, the big radio hits and the songs everybody knows, much more than the replacements. But uh, I was pretty familiar with the replacements early on, or the Mats, as they're sometimes known, mm-hmm. as a nickname mm-hmm. for the nickname for their nickname, uh, the, the Place Mats. Uh, Heard that. Yep, the Mats. Uh, uh, one of the the, earl, the earliest thing I heard by the Mats was the um, uh, the EP called Stink, which is just awesome, just punk, just straight punk. Kids don't follow. Fuck school, uh, dope smoking moron, uh, stuck in the middle. Just classic heavy. I mean, just this is just raw rock and roll. But uh, so much sophistication came into Paul Westerberg's songwriting. True. After that, you would have snarky humor <laughs> like uh, uh, Waitress in the Sky, where he needlessly disrespects a female flight attendant, uh, but. Uh, Beautiful Tender Valley. I think you mentioned Skyway, a gorgeous mm-hmm. song. And um, uh, Kiss Me on the Bus is oh, another yes. one. Um, uh, Bastards of Young, the, uh, of yeah, the sort of the anthemic Bastards of Young. Yes. And um, Color Me Impressed. Uh, so many of those later songs, um, in addition to Skyway, there was, oh, Swingin' Party. That was a really, yeah, awesome song. And uh, they have uh, really evolved enough, and uh, they haven't changed. Perhaps not as much as REM and everything, but there's a lot. There are many facets For to sure. them. For sure, Paul Westerberg uh, is a game changer. Is an incredible songwriter. He really is. And the band was capable of so much. And 100%. They did so much. I was exposed to a lot of the early REM stuff, like Murmur and mm-hmm. Reckoning, and you know, Life Search Pageant stuff like that. Songs like Don't Go Back to Rockville, you mentioned. Oh, yes. Can't Get There from Here, Driver Eight. So many things that they have uh, in the early days. And I, ordinarily, I'm not a fan of clothespin nose vocals, but I don't mind Michael Stipe one bit. I, I enjoy his singing. I love the band. And they've given me so much. They've, they've been so satisfying to listen to, although I've never had a record by either one of these acts. I had them around enough to listen to quite a bit uh, right. many years ago. And I can still recall many lines of the songs that Paul Westerberg wrote in particular uh, decades later because they just... He's such a great lyricist. He really is. But this one is too close. It's sort of a photo finish, but I might, and I feel shamed again, because uh, you so eloquently defended R.E.M.'s range and and writing prowess and genius that I feel almost shamed for saying, by a photo finish, I'm going to give a very, very slight edge to the mats for this one. So the replacements just slightly. Love them both, though. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff I would not have sought out, but since I had a friend who was into them, I really did come to appreciate both these acts a lot slight edge to the replacements well i wonder and it makes perfect sense i just wonder if i exposed you to some of their later stuff if that would change things for you it very well might i believe paul westerberg solo had a song in a what soundtrack was it um oh a movie that you turned me on to one of those singles or something oh, yeah. like that one of those movies yeah I, it, it was singles yeah it was singles Yes, yeah, so I get it. I understand why it's kind of a photo finish. It wasn't a photo finish for me, but it's not because I don't love the replacements. The replacements are fucking mad props to them. Seriously. Paul Westerberg, as Word you up. said, just 
So I thought that was a fair a fair little fight. So I love it. One for R.E.M. There have been no routes. No, no routes, Jim. And one for the replacement. So very cool. I love it. I love it when things kind of turn out that way because they're both amazing bands. Um, and either you know, one of the things that I really like that you said, and it, there's no reason I should say this, but I just had to. The snark, again, I love that there's a little bit of snark in oh, there because yeah, it yeah. totally makes me feel Smith's the Smiths feel there and there's something so beautiful about Smith songs but there's the snark factor is also what sells me so I love that there's a little bit of that and there's a little tongue-in-cheek stuff with REM and obviously they make fun of a lot of different things in a very sweet way but the way the replacements does it is pretty expert yeah yeah (laughs) so all right well now the pecking order out of the way we have made decisions we have made it known now we go on to our last artist slash band for this particular show and this time it is Suddler's Row now Suddler's Row has appeared on our show before they are a progressive instrumental rock band so we don't typically have a lot of instrumentals on but when I read the information about this song and when I saw the song title I understood exactly why they submitted and this particular song is called Concerned And they're from Delaware. You may remember their amazing music from other shows because it really is stirring instrumental. It is really impactful. It's really beautiful. It's well done. They're clearly masters. And this particular track takes you on a journey from desperation to triumph. There are numerous times where it feels like a release of tension and a much-needed resolution. The entire song is a complex and rich dance between darkness and light. The band is so tight and so skillfully executes their progressive instrumental rock that you know that their musical heroes must be some of Prague's giants like Yes, King Crimson, Rush, and hard rock and metal gods such as Metallica, Black Sabbath, et al. This is Suddler's Row.
All right, that was Suddler's Row, and that's uh, S-U-D-L-E-R-S-R-O-W on Facebook. Right, well, I guess that means it's time for our history. It's back. The feature that, uh, despite Christina's most noble efforts to impose time <laughs> constraints on, usually runs approximately the length of the year in question. Correct. Uh, give, or take, <laughs> give or take five minutes, you know. Uh, this time, the official random number generator spat out none other than 1980. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. No, no. Well. So, the much ballyhooed 70s were over. The Ooh. end of an epoch. Now, I was 18, going on 19, fresh out of high school, and uh, already committed to a course of doing nothing with my life, you know. Uh, <laughs> a goal that I have remained laser-focused on in the 40 years since, by the it's way. so not true, but hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes on the prize, never let go of the ball, you know. Keep a you eye on the ball, okay. But since the 70s had ended, did I curl up into a fetal position and suck my thumb? Yes. No, oh, sir. No. Uh-uh. There was still hope for music, as we will see. But first... The year itself. Oh, well, here's uh, some horror was unleashed upon the world. The Rubik's Cube made its international <laughs> debut, the British Toy and Hobby Fair. Uh, here's a big one. Do anybody remember the eruption of Mount St. Helens? I remember. Yep, Mount St. Helens. I have to tell you a quickie. What? I actually have some of Mount St. Helens ash. I don't remember how I got it. I acquired it, and it's got the original newspaper clipping and everything from when it happened. But wow. I have some of the eruption from Mount St. Helens. I mean, folks, a, a volcano erupting in the United that? States and killing people is very big news. That was just an unbelievable story. Who has that? Who has that shit? I, I mean, nobody I know. Nobody I've ever met. I it's mean, people got shit from the moon or whatever, but they don't have that. No. Yeah. All right. And those are, for those of you who care, Pac-Man, the highest earning arcade game of all time, is released in Japan. Pac-Man. Hey, that was critical for me. I, not that you care, but I mean, this was this was my this is my time. Mm-hmm. It's one of, part of my oh, time. I played Pac-Man. Well, I played Ms. Pac-Man, and I'm right now, I seriously, I'm a fucking pro. I can play for really? hours. I was 18. I was playing that shit in the arcades, man. We had for arcades hours? and everything. Well, not for hours, but... Well, yeah. Uh, and of course, that would inevitably lead to the song Pac-Man Fever. Oh, yeah. You remember that one? I remember. All right. And this is amazing. The first 24-hour news channel. We think of 24 24- our news as nothing, you know. Really? The first 24-hour news channel, uh, CNN, really? is launched. 1980, that was. Oh, and get this. Wow. We had the Iran hostage crisis. Oh, my God. From November 4, 1979 to January 20, 1981. Towards the end of the year, Ronald Reagan of California, no less, defeats incumbent Democrat President Jimmy Carter, elected 40th president of the United States, and about... Two days later, or a few, no, actually hours later, the hostages were released. So, uh, good. <laughs> but this is not going to work out. So they they let the hostages go. What were you going to say? He was the first president I was actually aware of. Oh, oh yeah. Reagan. No, I remember earlier ones, but Ronald Reagan was... He, was, he yeah. stuck out. He was the yep. first president. I was like, oh, I know that one. And, of course, it didn't hurt that my grandma loved him. You're, and you were out here, you know. Yes. Well, he was the governor here, but you were, you'd be too young for that. Yes, and I was in Arizona at that time. Well, that's true. That's true. It was an astounding year for science, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Smallpox was eradicated. How about, hey? Thank God. Good, good riddance yeah. to that. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, uh, don't let the uh, <laughs> First commercial MRI whole body scanner uh, was installed. Now, that's a big deal. Wow. The MRI. Yeah. I've had an MRI. That shit is life-saving. I've yeah. had a few. Yeah. Uh, John Goodenough, working with colleagues at the University of Oxford, 
identified a cathode material enabling the development of the rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Rechargeable batteries. We Damn. take them so for granted. 1980, this was. This wow. 40, now come, now basically 41 years ago. Oh my God. And here's one you simply won't believe. Tim Berners-Lee begins work on Inquire, the system that will lead to the creation of the World Wide Web a decade what? later. The interwebs, folks. Unbelievable. And... 1980, Microsoft's Bill Gates agrees to create an operating system for the new IBM personal computer. This would be like a DOS thing. Wow, I remember DOS. So way back there. All right, well, what about movies? I am horrified to report that Xanadu was not one of the top films of the year. What the hell? What the hell, right? They didn't Uh, get it. The soundtrack was an absolute smash. Amazing. But the movie, eh, not so much. Even though my own mother managed movie theaters all throughout this period, I had never seen this film until this year. And I'm sorry. I mean, you got to have a black heart of stone and suck lemons all day to not love this picture. Come on, critics. It's a great one. Lighten up, Francis. However, it was not <laughs> one of the top films, so despite having Gene Kelly and, and uh, Olivia Newton-John, come on. And ELO And ELO and the on. tubes. Come on, folks. What's going on? But the top films were... Totally lame by comparison, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Nine to five. All right. A way to make a living. Stir crazy airplane. Love oh, airplane. Airplane. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Anywhere Which Way You Can. Private Benjamin. Goldie Hawn. Oh, great. Coal Miner's Daughter. One of with my Sissy. Seriously. You're, you're going to freak, but I've never oh, seen God. it. <gasps> never seen it. Smokey and the Bandit, too, I know. Fucking right. Smokey and the Bandit. Blue Lagoon and. Speaking of blue, the Blues Brothers. Also, oh, uh, classic. Caddyshack, the jazz singer. Still never jazz seen it. Singer. And you, I know seen you it. recommend it. Yep. Oh, God, book two with George Burns. No, those were cute movies. Yes. They're very cute. What do you hear? What was on TV? Sweet. It was awesome. Okay. Superman 2. Okay, The Shining, not so sweet. Not so good either, no. frankly. <laughs> Listen to television. It's magic. WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yes. The Love Boat. Lawrence oh, Welk. God, I oh, of lo- course. I these. Yep. Dukes of Hazard, the Jeffersons, Come on. Ships, Happy Days, Fantasy Island, and Mork and Mindy. Oh my God, that, those were the most classic. And on the season finale of Dallas, Nanu Nanu. Yes, Nanu Nanu. <laughs> JR Ewing is shot by an unseen assailant, leading to the catchphrase, Who shot JR? That was all the rage in 1980. Eddie Murphy makes his first Saturday Night Live appearance. What? Uh, that was the, wor- the first the world what? had ever heard of Eddie Murphy. Wow. In 1980? In 1980, yep, 41 years ago. That's how long he's been in the public eye. Uh, But on to music, of course. Inexorably, we lead to music. First, the bad news. Uh, The music world suffered a trio of terrible losses. Two Johns and a Bon. ACDC lead vocalist Bon Scott died, and so did Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham. Can't even. In very much the same ways, too. Now, as for the other John, Lennon, John Lennon, oh, murdered outside his New York City apartment building. The Terrible. Dakota. It, was a, it was such a shock. So horrific. That was I such a, even. I mean, people were flipping out. Um, more bad news, Iron Maiden released their debut album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and even worse news. <laughs> yeah, even worse, as if the things weren't bad enough. I, I, I could not oh, resist that. I better, I better run to the hills. You better you know? be careful. <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't resist that, Bruce. It's just try to be sure he's not drinking anything when he hears that. I will. Oh, and I was going to say, we were talking about appropriateness of, ba- of band names. I was going to say Iron Maiden. Uh, that is, made the list. That was yeah. their list. Oh, was on it? On their list, too. But it was further down. But, yeah. Yeah, Iron Maiden. I mean, it uh, it's named after an instrument of torture, and it, it, it perfectly suggests what listening to their music is going to be I like. Agree. You know? Correct. I just I was going to say that before, <laughs> but I wanted to save the first. 
poor zinger for that. In, yeah, in more bad too. news, Iron Maiden. Uh, <laughs> that was <perfect>. just, <laughs> just kidding, Bruce. Just well kidding, played. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, here's a here's one near and dear to us. Queen releases their eighth studio album, The Game. Oh. Come file on. that shit under what I'm talking about. Come on. <laughs> that's that goes. That's where the file that goes. That is correct. All right. Remember when rock and rollers got arrested for drugs all the time? Well, <laughs> in 1980, Paul McCartney's famous Tokyo arrest for weed. Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones arrested for cocaine, and his wife. And not to be outdone, the Eagles. Don Henley is arrested when cocaine, quaaludes, and marijuana. <laughs> oh, wait. It, it gets better. In his hotel room after a 16-year-old prostitute has drug-related seizures. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking God. The 70s were still going on for Don Henley oh, in 1980. Yeah. Uh, the Grammy Awards, uh, 22nd Annual Grammy Awards presented, hosted by Kenny Rogers. Oh. Billy Joel's 52nd Street wins Album of the Year. Not surprising. Uh, not surprising. I had, I had that one. I had uh, Nylon Curtain at Glass Houses. This shit is awesome. Uh, while the Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes wins both uh-huh. Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Great song. Best new artist, remember Ricky Lee Jones. Oh, Good, wow. good stuff. Oh, and speaking of Henley... Um, Eagles end their tour with a contentious show in Long Beach, California. They would not play together again until 1994, and that would be the Hell Freezes Over Hell tour that you saw, over. correct? All right. All right. Duran Duran signed with EMI. They actually just started, uh, got a record deal. Two, count them, two legendary hard rock bands emerge with new lead vocalists and release truly impressive albums. That would be ACDC. And Black Sabbath. ACDC would trot out the relatively unknown Brian Johnson as their new frontman with the undeniably filler-laden but still legendary album Back in Black. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of filler, but it's got a lot of killer, too. I mean, it's not devoid of killer. And Black Sabbath would, after giving the sack to Ozzy Osbourne for being a sack of bye-bye. shit, you know, bye-bye, uh, recruited the uh, much well, much more well-known than Mr. Johnson, Ronnie James Dio of Rainbow, and released the magnificent uh, Heaven and Hell album. Not to be outdone, Ozzy Osbourne was dragged off the dung heap and deloused by future wife Sharon, according to the story, and hooking up with Uriah Heap drummer Lee Kerslake and new guitar wunderkind, wunderkind Randy Rhodes, released his first solo album, Blizzard of Oz, featuring the uh, perennial favorite Crazy Train, which would be covered 17 years later by, guess who? Pat Boone! Oh, ah! oh my God. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, no, you didn't. That's right, Pat Boone. You knew the tie was coming. And come on now, listen. This is what's missing from the Aussie original: the choo-choo. Watch. We need. The <laughs> See, Pat finally uh, perfected what Aussie had begun in 1980. The but world needs neither of those songs. In absolutely. My <laughs> Neither uh, version. And I'll tell you, proving there is no true justice in the world, Ozzy would become much more successful in his solo career than his former band. And that is mm, just wrong, folks. That's not folks. right at all. Genesis released Duke, Jay Giles, mm. big, big hit, Love Stinks. Uh, and a number of albums that I had on vinyl, naturally. Billy Joel, Glass Houses, Heart, Baby, The Strange, 
Yeah, that Blizzard of Oz thing. Johnny Yoko, Double Fantasy, oh. The Pretender's Debut. Wow. Linda Ronstadt, Mad Love. Here's here's one for you. U2's Boy. Yes. Van Halen, Women and Children First. Wow. Stevie Wonder, Hotter Than July. What? Not music, great music was not going anywhere. Ah, The Ramones, End of the Century, produced by that murderous mop top, Phil Spector. <laughs> <laughs> now deceased. Now deceased, yeah. Paul McCartney, too. He just recently, he put out... Paul McCartney 3 just yes. a couple of days ago actually Police and Yada Mandata and way to you hear the hits so Yada sugar Mandata. I'm sorry but well we don't have to sing Call Me because it was the theme of the last <laughs> show you know but uh, how about uh, I'll just name the band and you can join in Pink Floyd all in all you're just a another brick in the wall boom boom we both did the boom. accent whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got a whoa it's whoa <laughs> Brilliant song. Uh, again, Bob Ezrin made sure that happened with the kids' choir. That was amazing. Uh-oh. Hmm. Livy Newton-John. Have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand in a way. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That's a great Uh-oh. Song. Michael. I'm going to rock with you all night. Oh, too, uh. too many good songs. Uh-oh. Queen. There goes my baby. Knows how to rock and roll. She drives me crazy. Uh, it was Come that on. kind of year. Uh-oh. Uh, Rupert Holmes, if you like pina coladas. You see, these are songs you can't escape no matter how you try. I, I still hear this. To. I love that song. I still it's hear really that everywhere. It's really silly, but it's great. Uh, uh-oh. Gary Newman, here in my car. I feel safest of all. Na-na-na-na-na. There four days in cars. Yeah, we know. Hey, it's a great song. You know. Uh-oh. Smokey. I love it when we're cruising together. How could we know all of these songs because it was 41 years crazy. later? That's That must be that. That must be the reason. There are so many, but I don't have to skip ahead a little bit. Diana Ross. Upside down. Boy, turn me inside out and round around. See, it's that kind of year. It is. Casey and the Sunshine Band, but it's not one with a big rhythm like they usually have these boogie dance classics. Please don't go. Beautiful song mm, by them. Pretty, yes. Uh oh, sticks. Babe, I'm leaving. Must, must be on, on my way. way. Wow. Oh, Too much. Uh, so good. Cool and the Gang was hot that year. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. And the feeling's right. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. Thank you. You had to do that. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh-oh. Uh, Barbara and Donna, No More Tears. Remember, that was a classic. Oh, you know, classic. Uh, uh-oh. Oh, M. Uh, it's like, yes, that's the name of the band. M, remember? Pop. Pop, pop music, New York, London, Paris, Munich, everybody talk about pop music, talk about. Come on, folks. Well, amongst his other activities, Don Henley had time to work with the Eagles and produce, there's going to be a heartache tonight, a heartache tonight, I know. It's just on and on and on. Damn. Donna Summer on the radio. Uh, on the radio. Oh, oh, on the radio. Great song. Great, great song. Uh-oh. Pete Townsend, let my love open the door. Let my love open the door to your heart. My love open the door. Classic, man. Pete Goodwin from Pete. No list of 1980 or indeed the entire decade of the 80s would be complete without the title song from Fame by Irene Cara. Fame. Fame. I'm gonna live forever. 
Someone who learned how to fly. Fly! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and who made a big splash? Pat Benatar with... You're a heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker, won't you mess around with me? You're a heartbreaker. I love that fucking song, and I'm a Pat Benatar fan Hell from yeah. way back. Prince had a big hit also. I don't know if you know this one from his second album, Dirty Mind. I want to be your lover. Now, of course, you know Prince would go on to provide songs for the soundtrack to um, Batman. <clears throat> Batman. Thank you. Yeah. See? Uh, Bud, moving right yeah, along. I mean. All right. Um, so, yeah, 1980 was an absolutely incredible year. And I'm betting you got to do a feature or something right about now. Oh, yeah. That was a really fun History Shrikes, I will tell you. So, really, all we have to do right now actually, is... Yeah, it's just you wrapping it up. You're hey, actually... Wing of Fire. It would seem that way, but apparently I was wrong. <laughs> Incorrect. Well, having exhausted the theme, we need a new one, right? Exactly. And the next Birds of a Feather theme is... Wing of Fire, of course. Cheesy bird pun based on a famous song, Ring of Fire. And as that song is, we're looking for songs about being drawn to a vice, a situation, a person, or a place that's bad for you. The lure of the the light. uh, the the, taboo. The the lure of the flame. Yes, the moth to the flame kind of a thing here. Yeah, that kind of thing. Wing of Fire. Submit to us here at bofonair at gmail.com. Well, that's your usually bit. You say it more coherently than I do. (laughs) But uh, you can uh, salvage the show by doing the next bit as you always do. Except for once when you did it, which was my birthday show. Yeah, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) My birthday show? No, that part of it. All right. Well, I I disagree, but that's all right. Yes, this is the part of the show, of course, as you know, that brings a tear to my eye, and it is parting is such sweet sorrow. But it's the part where we give you homework, and we tell you what we need from you. I mean, we are nothing but givers on this show. That's right. We give, and we give, and we give. We sacrifice sleep. We sacrifice... She does, it's true. ...sanity. We sacrifice... Uh, there's a lot of travel time involved. There there's, is for her, it's there's true. A, <laughs> there's a lot of that goes into this show. David has to host me in in his home for several hours, uh, you know. So it, there's a lot that goes into this. There, I know it doesn't seem like it, but I want to assure you that there's a lot of brain power used in the production of this show, and especially when it comes to homework, because I've got to make it good, right? I don't want to just give you shit that you'll be like, oh well, of course everybody loves that band, or of course everybody loves that artist. Well, that won't be the case here. No. I like to give polarizing, and I think this one could maybe fall into that. We're going to find out. Yeah, I'm counting on it. But uh, we want to know what you think of Bruce Springsteen, also known as The the Boss. boss. So we want to know, are you in, are you out? Do you love him? Do you hate him? Did you like old Bruce Springsteen? You don't like new Bruce Springsteen? Where are you at? Do you like the E Street band? Do you wish you had no E Street? Do you wish it was like F Street? What do you wish? And uh, let us know. We'll go ahead and put that out on the Birds of a Feather page. I always put it out on my page as well. And uh, so that you can let us know what you think. We want to know in the comments. You'll see it on our Instagram. And again, Instagram and Facebook, B-O-A-F on air. You can find us at either of those. Please go ahead and follow us. Then you can find out about new themes well in advance. And Wing of Fire is our next one. And Homework, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and I guess that only leaves the rapper's puppy of a new little blanket. Uh, new Winging, it airs February 27th. New Birds of a Feather airs on March 6th. 
And where can you hear the FMR shows? Not just us, but all the amazing offerings. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, CastBox, that J thing, and more. <laughs> Geosavon, okay. <laughs> and as we sign off from what is combined our 42nd show in a year. Wow. In a year uh, since we went on the air, February 14th, 2020. And we thank you for being the wind beneath our wings. We're so thankful We're to you. We're so thankful. And thank you to you, David, oh, for wow. enduring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My contribution to the show is I, I clean up both studios so that Christina can come in and, and you know, run the thing, basically. So uh, that's my thing. I basically, I'm a maid. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> then what am I? I'm the bitch of the show? You're the showrunner. Uh, anyway, so, uh, well, having that having been all said, I suppose that only leaves for you to say. Hmm, let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.